Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In the month of July, what's going on, everybody? I'm Aaron Camaro. Chris Sinzak, where are you? <laughs> I'm at home, like always. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> you don't have to wear a mask there. No, I don't, and I'm uh, I'm uh, downing plenty of Christmas eggnog right now. Excellent. That's great. You know, I got the Coors Light. That's always very festive for me. And we've got an awesome guest today. This is going to be a fun one. You guys are in for a treat. We got to take care of the business before we get to the show because we got a lot to talk about today. So let's get right to it. Apple Podcast Review. Hey, we love those. We also like them from Podchaser and Facebook recommendations. But this is, hmm, let's see. Well, this one's kind of interesting because it's entitled not a kiss fan oh boy five stars i mean that's you know like... no it's it was actually it was actually four it didn't come through when i changed oh no it. oh man you know what we've well, been we taking beatings for being kiss fans for a long time it's nice to see some things never change but let's see what it says it goes like this i love the podcast i found it a few months ago and i wish i'd found it sooner the episodes that are dedicated to Kiss are a letdown. Unfortunately, I had to skip an episode today. I prefer that they don't really have guests on because most of the time it's people you've never heard of. Other than that, I love the show and I check every day for a new episode. Good idea adding the game show. I always enjoy that. It's also really nice that they appreciate their fans. That's it right there. It comes to us from 91Z28 via Apple Podcasts from right here in the USA. I mean, he's not a KISS fan. So he's going to enjoy one aspect of today's show. (laughs) What's that? The game show. Oh, yeah, the game show. Yeah, well, we'll see about that. So, I don't know what to tell you, my man. I mean, it sucks that you're not a KISS fan, but we're KISS fans, you know. we're Tell you what, 
here's something I noticed the other day on the Facebook page, and I can't recall exactly who it was that said it, but somebody who was a Kiss fan, you know, back in the day, and it dropped off somewhere along the line, probably around the Elder or, or Dynasty or somewhere in there, and they had dropped off, and they had never, ever listened to the album Unmasked. And so, I saw that. Based on our talking about the album and, you know, somewhat favorably, because there are some great songs on Unmasked, he actually checked it out for the first time ever and found out that he liked it for the most part. So, you know what? It's never too late for you, my friend. You stick with us. Even if you don't know who the, who the guest is, listen anyway. You're probably going to learn something. And eventually, we will accomplish our mission and turn you into a KISS fan. And then you just like the rest of us, can enjoy the month of July a little bit better than everybody else. Well, 91Z28, let me just say, especially this episode, because we're going we're gonna to have a special guest on here in a second, and we're going to go through every song in the Kiss catalog, <laughs> and some of these we're going to absolutely tear to shreds. So if you don't like Kiss, at least go in and listen to those so you can decide if you agree with us or not. But you might actually find some stuff you like in the process. So we may not make you a Kiss fan, but I will say Kiss, I mean, like, I don't know that I even listen to Kiss as much as I do other bands anymore, but they still to this day and probably always will be my favorite band to still talk about because they're so fascinating. I mean, they are the hottest band in the land after all, you know, and if you can't get down with that, we are KISS fans, but we don't love everything KISS has ever done. And we'll go through that today, yeah. But, uh, well, otherwise, see you in August, dude. <laughs> yeah, no, no kidding. All right, our other favorite people, the Geeks of the Week, these are people that shared on Facebook and retweeted on Twitter. Last week's awesome conversation with Barry Akum. So who fun. Paul and Gene, or Paul and Ace's tech in the 70s. So many great stories. We've already been talking to him. We're going to have him back on because his stories, I'm sure, have way more to uh, to contribute to the show. There was a lot of stuff, as always, that we wish we had asked about, but you know, you're limited on time. Right. But uh, yeah, we, we'll time, definitely have Barry Aikum back on the show. I think next time we we'll probably open it up and let you guys, because we kind of wanted to surprise you with it a little bit. You know, the Kiss fans being Kissmas in July, we wanted to spring a little surprise on you. And so next time. Let's open it up to the listeners and get some questions like we used to do in the quarantine sessions and get them involved. And mm -hmm. like I was telling you before we started recording today, I talked to Barry right after that, and he's like, oh, man, I forgot to tell about this time and the time that happened and the time that Ace did this and the time I saw Gene do that. And, oh, man, I can't wait to get him back on. Yeah, for sure. But uh, if we're opening up for questions, though, Matt Weller's dick, no kill, marry, or fuck involving Ian Wadley, okay? <laughs> No more of that. Kiss roadies don't know who Ian Wadley is. We'd have to show him a picture. All right, so Geeks of the Week are Barry Akum, the man himself, Bach, Oak, Overson, Fire, Rock and Ron, Runyon, Nate Atchison, Rick Francis, Simon Cap, Aaron Martell, Wayne Cross, Wally Norton, CGCM Radio, and Podcast. Check out CGCM Radio, live streaming radio. It's really cool. Right on. Sean, Cu Sean Cullen, Rob Webb, Adam Cox, Joseph Capone, Mikhail Burrell, David Glenn, Eric Luzier, Scott Crouch, Bill Elam, Shea Hargett, Ralph Vieira, Doc Todd Cunningham, Christopher Stokes, Mark Alton Taylor, Freeform Rock Podcast, and Neil, a woman, actually shared the show. That's awesome. A lady. Jeff Taylor, Jared Norlander, Jay Shablewski, Retro Zest, Body of the Soul, JJP, Deadly Romantics, Hakon Bergstad, Eladio, Doug, Vet Halen, Ernesto Aguiar, and as always, The, the Mooger Fooger. Fooger. <laughs>
That's right. Those are our people. They got out and shared and retweeted last week's episode. What they're doing is they're helping us get the word out on the street about what we got going on here at the Decibel Geek Podcast. We're talking about hard rock. We're talking about metal music. We're talking about KISS all month long. It's Kissmas in July. Now, today's going to be a very special episode because here's a man that was just recently on the show with us for the quarantine sessions. He's the only person to have ever had a tie on Beat the Geek. Today, he's going to get that rematch that he so deserves. Recently, our friend wrote an article for DecibelGeek.com that ranked every single Kiss song ever released in a studio album. That's crazy. We yeah. got to get him on the show and talk about it. Our friend and yours from the Cobras and Fire podcast, and I think the only decibel geek writer left, our friend <laughs> Baco. What's going on, my friend? I have been summoned back to the mothership. Uh, how are you doing, gentlemen? Good. Ready to talk about Kiss? Kiss. That's the name. You picked it up perfectly there. That the whole commercial. Uh-huh. That's the name. They may look insane. If rocks are game. <laughs> now everybody's gonna have that stuck in their head for the next week. Do, 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 do. But yeah, this was uh you did this article a few years ago, but you kinda repurposed it for uh today, which is still really cool because you know it's uh you always have like, you know, best album and stuff like that, but you like went to the tedious task of ranking every song. <laughs> every song. And uh, I know Aaron and I are gonna have uh, a little bit of we're going to have some words with you on some of these picks, but uh, Fair enough. we're going to use your picks as kind of our basis. And Aaron and I, we picked our top ten and a bottom ten, so we'll chime in as we Ooh, go. Oh, nice. Yeah, no, this was um, – it. I literally started this uh, back when I originally wrote it because I, I think I I put it out as four separate articles, like like the basically 219 to – to whatever 150 and then it kind of chunks to 50 from that point on for kiss was in july a couple years back but um i literally started this in november and and was just finishing it i don't know about a, a few weeks before july so i and that, don't get me wrong that wasn't like constant steady time but like i you know it started with like actually making a list of every damn song right and then trying to come up with a way to like well how do i actually rank these i mean dude I slide this one up, this one down, that kind of thing. And also to have a comment on each tune uh, was a bit of a, a task. So what was your process? <laughs> well, the, I literally started with, uh, I went uh, chronologically. I listed them in the order they were, in the order they were released. So like the first the, the first 10 songs were the first 10 songs off the first album, starting with track one, ending with track 10. And I did that all the way through. Um, I eliminated the solo albums just because I didn't think they, that really made sense. Right. And uh, I did include the four tracks from Killers and, of course, side five of uh, – or side four of uh, – the five songs of side four of uh, Live 2. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, and then at that point, then I was like – I literally looked at like – I looked at like the first song, which would have been um, Strutter, followed by – I think is it is Firehouse track two on, on the debut record? I don't know. No, I don't think. Okay, so. well, whatever. Like, imagine it is. Like, do I like <laughs> Firehouse more than Strutter? If I did, I slid it ahead, and wow. I went down the entire list wow. in that formula. So that must have been kind of fun, though, right? Oh, sure. Yeah, I mean, it, it was time consuming. You know, and I did it on my lunch breaks at work for the most part. 
Uh, it, it did take some time. You know, I, mean, I knew what I was getting into. That's why I started so far ahead of it because I wanted to have it ready for that, that July. But That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, – so how many Kiss songs are there, you figure? What is it, 219? That's my list. I'm surprised somebody hasn't corrected me. I figured I missed something along the way. You know what I mean? Like – like you know, some somebody would have came in like actually there's 221 you forgot about you know, uh, but no yeah I, I think I I think I got everything because I included I, I counted a, a couple songs off of soundtracks and stuff so right on that's awesome so today we're gonna go through every single Kiss <laughs> song on this list and we're gonna like Chris said he's got his top ten I've got my top ten we've got our bottom tens as well and we're gonna see where they line up. With the ultimate list that Baco has put together for decibelgeek.com. You know, while you guys are introing the show, I came up with an idea, and I'm going to do this as we go. I'm going to find out which record, uh, you know, because it's ranked from worst to first, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which record is the last one to get a song on the list, which would make that, I think, I possibly the best record? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, uh, yeah. If the worst song on the album is higher than the rest, then that would, by default, kind of make that the best album, right? You would think so. Well, you know, it's, it's a very gray area, but I thought it'd be kind of fun as we go here. So, this is awesome. We're going to be at the top of the scientific podcasts in no time. <laughs> I'm literally going to check them off as we go here. So, <laughs> awesome. All right, so I got my top tens and my worst tens. We start at the bottom, work our way to the top. I'm ready. Ready. All right, Baco, so what do you got at your very worst Kiss song? My way from Crazy Nights uh, is just an abomination to to music. It is like uh, Paul Stanley just... (laughs) doing gymnastics and trying to with his voice you know and i think if he didn't record this song he would still have his voice today Mm. man that song does sure suck (laughs) i i had this as my number nine worst kiss song all right so we're not that far off but i've got eight songs that i think are worse than this one all right I've actually got my way as much as I despise this song. I hated this song. I remember getting Crazy Nights, and that was at the age where I kind of rediscovered Kiss as a, a young teenager, you know, to the point where I could actually go buy albums and bought this on LP the day it came out, you know, and this was in the age of cassettes. I was a little bit behind because I had a record collection that I was lived trying. In Wisconsin. Yeah, well, yeah, we lived in Wisconsin. <laughs> And the 70s technology was a few years behind. Right. Yeah. What you see on the 70s show, that was actually the 80s where I lived in that section of Wisconsin. So we still bought LPs and I got crazy nights on LP and oh man, it was it was cool and it sucked at the same time because it was awesome because Kiss was coming out with new music and there were some songs on there I really liked, but there was some stuff on there I just could not understand. And this song was probably the number one song on that album. I was just like, what is this? You know, this isn't Kiss. I remember Kiss, and they were awesome. They had great songs that were heavy and hard rocking. And this, to me, always sounded like some Michael Bolton bullshit. 
It's got a it's got a rocky soundtrack vibe to it. <laughs> yeah, it sure does. Yeah, but uh, it would have been either worse or better produced. That's yeah, true. Hmm, but I don't know about number one worst. I mean, it still does have Bruce Kulick on guitar. That's got to say save it somehow a little bit because I got three songs on the list ahead of it that are worse than My Way. Hard to beat, but I got three that do. Okay. All right, 218 to go. (laughs) (laughs) This is an experiment. Let's see how this goes. (laughs) Have beer, will science. Yeah. What was that? That was the Coors Light. Twist off. You bet it was. Good man. (laughs) All right, so what's what's your second worst Kiss song? At 218, I finally found my way off the Psycho Circus. Uh, Yeah, I mean, that's how bad my way is that this song is better than that. Uh, This is basically just another way for the band to be mean to Peter, as far as I feel like. This this is my number one worst Kiss song ever. Wow. This is is musical pond scum. It's absolute garbage. And uh, Pete doesn't sing in, in key. And if anyone ever was like, man, Peter, Chris, and Paul Stanley should harmonize together, you'll regret that decision after you listen to this. <laughs> it is fucking awful. Uh, worst Kiss song in the entire catalog, as far as I'm concerned. Well, it's hard to disagree with that, because I got it at number two, second worst Kiss song of all time. <laughs> hey, well, you, same spot for both of us. In here, yeah, huh? I mean, some of these, I guess, are pretty freaking obvious. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's going to have this in their top ten. No, (laughs) no, I don't know. Oh, man, so bad. I know I've told this story on the show before, but it's been a long, long time. When I was a radio DJ, I got asked to do a wedding, like to DJ a wedding. Now, I've never done that before, so it's not like the singing type. I'm just actually playing music. So I say, oh, yeah, sure, you know, I'd love to do your wedding. And they're like, yeah, we'll pay you this much, and you can drink for free. I say, hey, sounds great. I'm in. You had me at the free beer. So I show up, and I've got CDs. You know, I've got my CDs. i got a milk crate full of my CDs. And this is around the time when Psycho Circus had just come out, you know, and it was still kind of exciting. But there was that terrible song on there. But I go to them and I say, so do you guys have any CDs? And they're like, no. And I was like, so do you have a wedding song picked out? And they're like, no, we thought you'd take care of that. And I was like, well, how am I supposed to know what your wedding song should be? And you know what? This orange milk crate full of CDs, that's all I got. You know? So through the night, I'm playing like various rock and roll, and I got all kinds of cool stuff in that orange milk crate, and the party's going good, and I'm drinking for free, and so that's always a good thing. And it comes time for the wedding song. This is the song where the bride and the groom are going to get out there. They're going to dance together on the floor. Now, granted, this is all happening in a bar in Wisconsin, all right? So anything could happen. So I look into my box of CDs, and I go, okay, what's a great wedding song? And I thought, wait a minute. They got the new Kiss album. It's got that song on there by Peter Chris. This may be the only time, the only time where this song could possibly be appropriate. I'm going to do it. Man, I played that song for the wedding, and as I could see, the groom would turn as they're dancing together. He'd look at me like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then when they'd spin around a little further, the bride would look at me like, I'm, I, this is fucking bullshit. I'm going to kill you. 
And that day I knew that not even at a wedding dance is finally found my way appropriate. It is appropriate nowhere, ever. <laughs> and did, did you segue into Wang Dang, Sweet Poontang, and then everything was uh, settled in Wisconsin? I don't remember how it all ended up. Free beer and all, but yeah. <laughs> Too many Coors I, Lights I, at that point. I huh? definitely remember the cold stares from the wedding floor. And I, I hope if you're out there listening to this, I got to tell you, I'm sorry. I, you know, I, you should never experiment on those type of things, but you should have had your own songs picked out. <laughs> oh, shit. It's, it's their fault. At my wedding, I had three or four CDs already pre-burnt and ready to roll. All the DJ had to do was swap them over. Terrible song. Terrible, yeah. terrible song. Garbage. Garbage. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago when uh, Kevin Williams was on the show, and I said, if we're going to swap around Kiss songs, you give that one back to Paul so he knows how it feels. <laughs> like I said, they were. I think Paul really did that intentionally to, to be mean to Peter. It sure seems oh. like it. Yeah. Even Bob Ezrin was a co-writer on it. Yeah, I guess Bob didn't like him either. Yeah, I guess not. All right. Well, we've all established those are terrible. They're all at the top for us. That song, bad stuff. What's next? Uh, Two seventeen is hot and cold. Now, I I actually don't remember. Is this this is off of uh, Monster, correct? No, Sonic Boom. Oh yeah. <laughs> God damn it! Fifty fifty <laughs> flip of the coin there. Uh, two sides of the coin, as uh, Ace would say. Uh, yeah, this song is. I mean, it's like Doctor Seuss, like cold, old, told, fold sold you know i mean it just i don't know nothing there um and now it's it's no secret that i'm not a fan of those last two records there are uh, two or three really good gems but after those everything is really bad and this is probably the worst of that group you're wrong on this one hmm that oh song is pretty bad but man top 10 worst no nah, this song uh, no. this uh, this would be good 70s filler if it came out in the 70s this is you having a problem with the current lineup letting mm-hmm. letting it shade into your opinion if this came out on rock and roll over you'd be fine with it i would not at all be fine with yeah, it you would. it's got a total 70s kiss no only in the sense of that, like I would have like absorbed it at that time, but right. I, I do think I, I you've you've mentioned this to me a couple times, Chris. I don't have an issue with the the lineup other than like them dressing as Ace and Peter. They're good musicians. I looked forward to both these records when they came out. I was disappointed by both these records when wow. they came out, but uh, uh, I was older too. Maybe if I was younger, I would have liked it more, but. How do you explain Asylum then? Because I didn't like that. You know what I mean? I mean, if I if I I was fourteen when that record came out, so why didn't I just suck that in and, and like everything on there? I don't know, but I mean, if this came out on Psycho Circus, it would have been one of the strongest tracks on the record. In my this opinion. is a really, 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 really dumb song, and that's well, it's, it's Kiss. They're known for dumb songs. I hey, wait a I'm minute. Saying, <laughs> I think I think that makes my point. Is that like for Kiss, this is really really stupid. Okay. I don't know. It is a bad song on Kiss standards, I suppose, but it did not make my top ten. You're cold. I'm young. You're old. You're soft. I'm bold. Come on. Ah, We haven't gotten gotten to ladies in waiting yet. uh. (laughs) Well, I mean, and there's even worse shit than that from that era of the band. There's at least one song on my top ten worst list 
from the singer Thayer era that's worse than that song. Okay. Ooh, I didn't think about that one. I know which one you're talking about, too, and I didn't put it on my list, damn it. All right, what's oh. next? Worst Kiss songs. <laughs> this is probably where uh, I'm probably going to get the most blowback. I think it's going to be about 50-50. I think about, well, actually, if if my opinion is on Kiss fans is right, it's going to be about 80-20. Beth is a pile of shit as far as a Kiss song. It's a good song as far as Yacht Rock, but I really have never understood why they decided to, again, probably just to be mean to Peter, they brought it back into the show. It was never a good encore, and this song to me is just, uh, whatever. I, it just seems to be another way for, uh, I don't know, I, I keep going Paul being mean to Peter, but th- this song bores the crap out of me. It is the the, the only skippable moment on, on Destroyer for me, and I I, I just don't like it. Man, you know, we've had this discussion many a times on the Decibel Geek Podcast, and I've even called this, you know, philosophically, the worst Kiss song of all time. Now, today, when I put my list together, I went by musically. Now, this is a bad song. It really is, especially by Kiss standards. When somebody hears this song, they don't generally think it's Kiss, you know? They don't associate that that song with... you literally have to, like... People who know the song, when you tell them it's Kiss, they go, no, it's not. Right, yeah, yeah. You know, like the blood spitting, fire breathing, guitar solos, smoking guitars, all that. Yeah, Beth, I hear you calling. You know? but, but it don't seem right. they don't play it live, it's a huge deal. Give me a break. They didn't play it live for the entire 80s. They didn't play it live after Peter left the band until he came back. And nobody, I never once heard anybody walk out of the like I, I saw Revenge, and like they're like, man, why didn't they play Beth? Nobody ever says, please play Beth when they go to a Kiss show. Yeah, I don't know. Except That's a tough one. Mom. I think the only only good thing about Beth was it opened the door for Kiss to make them the biggest band of the mid to late seventies. You know, because without that song. They, I mean, I don't know. It's hard to say. It really is because they were so outlandish for the times and all their other music was so good, but they did not have hits. You know, this was not a radio mm-hmm. band. This was or kind of an underground me. thing. Yeah. Beth changed the whole dynamic of Kiss in a bad way. I hate that song just because of <laughs> what it did to Kiss. But you can't deny that it helped well, Kiss. Its impact is legit. It just it, it, it's not a it's not a impact that needs to be carried on forty years later. Like people going to see them now aren't craving to see Eric Singer dressed as Peter, pretending to play piano and and sing Beth, especially as an encore. No, uh, if, I agree. If you're gonna do it, do it in the middle of the show. Yeah. But as an encore, it's so dumb. And so, it's such a, it's like, hey, you guys ready to kick some more ass? <laughs> yeah! It is bad. <laughs> it is. It's a bummer. You know, it's a real yeah. letdown. Oh, when you when you look out. at all the other Kiss songs and you stick no, Beth I'm in there. I paid uh. 50 bucks for a t-shirt. Well, and that song is so, like, identifiable with Peter. Like, Aaron and I went and saw them on this tour. And it was, I looked at Aaron and I was like, this just isn't right. It just, just seems so weird with somebody that isn't Peter doing it's like if Peter's not in the band, don't do the fucking song. No, it's, it doesn't make sense. In this day and age, um, the actually, only uh, admitted by Gene, Peter asked him not to play it after he left, and Gene yeah. said they wouldn't. 
Well, there you and go. So the fact that they're, they're still doing it, it's just because they don't need to. Nobody is clamoring for no. not Peter to sing this song. Yeah, but I, you know that's not Gene Simmons' idea because Gene Simmons never wanted to do that song from the moment he heard it. When he said, yeah, yeah hey, well, no, no problem, Pete. I got no problem never playing Beth again. Yeah, well, money makes a big difference. But, I mean, I don't I, – I don't, like, I – Baco, I'm glad you quantified it because it's not a good Kiss song, but it is a decent. It's a well written song. Sure, I mean, yeah. it's like it's it's well done. Peter does a great job singing it, I but agree. like I, I don't think anyone was clamoring in '76 to go. Oh, I hope they do a whole album of songs like Beth. No, <laughs> oh god. I mean, there like, you like, go. it didn't make my bottom five, but it's 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 probably somewhere closer to the bottom than to the top for me. Did it make oh, your yeah. bottom ten? No, it didn't make my bottom ten. Oh, okay. No, no, I've got some real shit pieces of I, some real shitty songs in my bottom ten that are worse than Beth, in my opinion. I really struggled so with Beth. My way and I finally found my way are the only ones that you guys both had in your bottom ten so uh, far. We'll get so there. far, yes. Uh, yeah, I don't have Beth in my bottom ten either because, like I said, I mean, as, if you take it and say, "Hey, this was a dude named Peter Chris, and he came out with this song in 1978 or whatever, <laughs> you know, 76," and you, then you'd say, "Well, you know, that's a nice song," but when you say, "This is Kiss," and Beth, you know, you know, it don't yeah. work. But as far as bad songs, it didn't make my bottom ten. No, nah, me neither. All right, two fifteen. Yeah, we got to probably start hammering through this, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Twenty minutes on four songs. Uh, Two fifteen comes at dangerous, danger you, danger me, dangerous. That's enough for me. So that's my number ten worst kiss song. Dangerous definitely made my list. Hate that. I was so embarrassed by it. I was. I had the kiss album over here. I was like, my friend Tommy's hanging out. I was like, dude. Want to hear the new Kiss record? It's pretty good. You know, he's like, really? I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, it's good. He says, really? I said, no, check it out. So I put it in. He's like, yeah, this ain't so bad. And then it got to that song, and he looked at me, and he had this stupid look on his face, and he said, danger you, danger me, danger us? The worst like, part oh, of this is shit. that Kiss, did, Kiss didn't even come up with that phrase. Like if you there's a Wrathchild America song called Dangerous with the exact same words. So oh really? Okay. I don't know what's worse, Kiss doing this song or the fact that they ripped somebody off to do this song. Well, if we ever do a top ten worst Wrathchild America songs, I bet you that one will be in there. <laughs> uh, the 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 front man and bass player for Wrathchild America was in Kicks. Oh, and the drummer was Shannon Larkin, who's in Godsmack. And Ugly Kid Joe. Yeah. Mm, nice. Oh, there's some little fun for you. So they're a great band with the, the or they're a band that led to members joining other bands. Well, two fourteen, two fourteen is fanfare. Do we need to talk about this too much? I don't. Uh, I consider. Elder? I consider fanfare to be part of just a boy. Yeah, I don't really think this is a song, but I mean, well, I, get, I get it that it's a track, though. Okay, I I, I picked it. I put it on the. I agree with both you guys. I, I only put it on the list because it is listed separately. Yeah, it's a fanfare. Much like the next song, I really don't think is really actually a song. Yeah, unless you listen to Freely's comment. I had a problem with the with this choice of yours too. Uh, Two thirteen is Car Jam eighty one. Uh, it was nice that they put an Air Car drum solo on the back of Revenge as a kind of a tribute to Air Car. Um, maybe it's tainted a little bit because of what we know since then, but. 
this song fucking existed. And they act like it didn't. And it's just like, ah, God, they, they called it Car Jam 81 instead of Breakout, which is what it was called when they refused to let Eric Carr play with Ace on Freelance Comic. Right. Yeah, it's kind of like a backhanded compliment. Yeah. So so I assume Eric uh, was instrumental in writing that riff, I assume. He was. Yeah. Yeah, the whole thing. Him and Ace working on that together. I mean, that was something that they came up, up with in, like, the Elder Sessions, right? Yeah, was that like eighty one? Right. Because yeah. I know but there's I, a there's a demo version out there with Richie Scarlet singing on it, and then there's the version that shows up on the first Fraley's Comet album, and then you get the instrumental version on Revenge, which, I mean, it's cool because it's kick ass Eric Carr drum solo. I mean, there's I'd rather listen to that than you know Danger You Danger Me Danger Us or Beth or <laughs> Finally Found My Way or my way, yeah, that one's not even probably near my I, top ten worst. At least it I rocks. Can't, I can't hate on this because I mean, like, I was just glad that they did something to acknowledge Eric Carr. And like, I yeah. know we can we can get we can pick it apart and go into semantics about it. yeah, that was an Ace song. But like at the same time, as like Paul and Gene weren't paying attention to what Ace was doing. So I, I think I'm happy with. It. I mean, it definitely was not in my bottom ten. Well, how about this for a kiss? What if? What if on revenge? To pay tribute to Eric Carr, they would have brought Ace Fraley back in for that one song. We're just going to do this one song together. Paul's going to sing the lead vocals. He's going to rewrite the vocals to break out to make it something kick-ass. And this is going to be the final track on Revenge. Then, where would that song rank? I bet you'd be pretty close to the top. And Bruce Kulick quits the band. <laughs> I got to tell you, never liked the riff. I, 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 that song is, I think that Ace Freely record is kind of over, overrated. There's, there's some really good stuff on there, but uh, Breakout is not one of them. Actually, anything that Todd Howard's thing, Todd Howarth sings is not that good. Yeah, not too long ago, I did an episode with uh, our friend Greg Troyan on the lipstick panel, and we broke down the Fraley's Comet album. And yeah, it's it was it's pretty interesting to look at that. At the time, I was in love with the whole thing, yeah, except for the songs that Todd Howard sang. And uh, you know, to look back on it all these years, it was pretty cool, but. Yeah, man, I like Breakout. I li- I, th- I always thought the lyrics were kind of cheesy to it. It never seemed right, but I don't know. It's it's part of history, man. And it, and it, no, sure, you know, you know but you that riff love is that. just boring. It's like it's like if I if like I was working with like you know one of the guys in Jesus Christ or they said, "What do you think about this riff?" I said, "Let's move on. Let's try something different." I I, I that riff is just like do 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 like. Well, so, do you want to write a song that nobody really wants to listen to? This is perfect. So, <laughs> so if you're putting that on your, if you're putting Revenge on your iPod, do you exclude Car Jam? No, well, I, Me I, I, well, no, of course not. But uh, as a, you know, as a record, yeah, I played the whole damn thing. I actually, I don't really cherry pick. Uh, I don't make uh, Kiss playlists. Let's put it that way. I listen to the albums, so yeah, front to back. Right on. Well then, that's why you. With the exception of Monster, I start with the opening track and then press stop. Ah, <laughs> you and I are going to have a discussion about that record. Nice, nice. Uh, Car Jam eighty one comes in at two thirty two thirteen. Uh, uh, two twelve is Shandy. What do you think, Aaron? You, you set it up, Aaron. I'm sorry. I, I thought I had to go on there. You're good. Uh, 
Number nine for me. Yeah, Shandy's terrible. Terrible, wow. terrible. Just garbage, right? Nah, I love that song. These really? are the songs. These oh, are the yeah. songs you couldn't defend. Like when people wanted to beat you up for liking Kiss, and you'd say, you know, what about Unholy? They'd say, what about Shandy? You know, even if they knew that, you know, even yeah. the the Kiss fans. I mean, you have to be a Kiss fan to even know how bad Shandy is. Ah, it's a good pop. Were you but... raised by kangaroos, Chris? <laughs> How'd you know? Ah, oh, no. I always like the song. It's it's an oddity, but. I always like the song. It's a good pop ballad. I like it. That's yeah, not enough. slick and poppy. This is slick and poppy, mate. I'm going to get I... made fun of a lot tonight. I can already tell. <laughs> that, that, I think that was a uh, Paul Hogan joke. Nice. Somebody got it. <laughs> What's well, coming in at 211, Aaron? Uh, let's see. I was looking at my list to make sure I was keeping up. Um, the last song in Love Gun. Oh, that's on my top ten worst also. Oh, y'all are crazy. See, 211 is uh, Then She Kissed Me. Oh, God, what a forgettable song. Uh, uh, you know what? The, uh, it would Love Gun would be better if it was only nine songs and they just yes. took it off. So that's you it. guys don't you don't like any pop stuff from the 60s? Not what, when what, Kiss what, is covering what, it. Where did you take that? Because I don't like Then She Kissed Me by Kiss. Well, that's, it's a faithful cover of the original. It's a, like Phil Spector, Wall of Sound. How can exactly. you have a problem with it? It's a great song. Because it's Kiss, man. Kiss ain't I that bad. the song was bad. I said, I don't. This is the bad Kiss song. Oh, okay. I I love the solo. I love this song. I always have. Let's see. Where I got that one right? Oh, that's my number five worst Kiss song. Yeah, they should have <laughs> never... Never. That song, we've talked about this. That song brings Love Gun down. Like, Uh, when you talk about the greatest Kiss albums of all time, Love Gun could be in contention if not for that song. That song, when people are going, let's argue about what is the best Kiss album. They go, (laughs) Love Gun, but... If it weren't for that song, Love Gun would be higher ranked, but that song completely knocks it out. You're good with this song, but you're okay with Hooligan? Yeah, Hooligan's way oh, better Hooligan than this. Kicks ass. You kidding me? Yeah, oh up and down the street. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Why couldn't they have done a cover or something cool if they were going to do they a cover? They did. No. Uh-uh. Because, first of all, everybody's heard this song a million times. You've heard it on AM radio when you're out shooting hoops with your dad or whatever you're doing when you're a little kid. Oh this song is always playing somewhere. You hear, you've heard it a bunch of times growing up, so it ain't like it's something new you've never heard before. And then you know the original lyric was, a woman singing, then he kissed me. So then you get the Kiss version, and it's weak. It's so weak compared to the rest of the album. And it's like... Gosh, you know, and it's Paul singing all wimpy and mm, just ruins Love Gun. It really, Love Gun would be considered a better album if this song wasn't on it. Not, Number not five, my t- worse. Not my, not my top ten, but definitely not in my bottom ten. Well, a couple things. Ronnie Spector, fuck yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> come on, Chris. This song, you have to admit, was thrown on here as kind of like a, we need one more tune. I like cover songs, so I mean, to me, it's not a. Pre- I mean, yeah, probably that's the case, but okay. I mean, it was probably more of a desperation move. But like, we need to fill out the record. That's fine, but I always like, especially love the you know the harmonic solo that goes on in the song. I I I never. It's it's not like I'm not 
praising it as one of my top ten Kiss songs, but no, I, I, don't, I don't think you are. But but I think it's it's harmless. I don't think it's bottom ten at all. It's harmful. Well, yeah, it sucks. Yeah, it's harmful. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> what about the next one? Let's keep moving here. Two ten is read my body. I just said gross. I, I I'll I'll leave that as my only comment. That's that both sums it up. That song is pretty gross. I. I didn't put it in my bottom ten. I don't like it. I mean, it's definitely near the bottom, but I don't know. I almost think this gets unjustifiable hate because it's such a ripoff of Pour Some Sugar on Me. The weird thing is that, like, I never realized that until either you or uh, Loose Cannon mentioned it. Um, It wasn't recently, but, like, within the the Joining the Decibel Geek podcasting universe, I had no idea. I I didn't put the, the, the obvious connotation the connection there is all i'm saying well i mean i well the first time i've heard the record i was like oh it sounds like they're doing def leopard but i but i don't know it it gets more it 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 kind of tops a lot of people's bottom kiss list um didn't make my top 10 bottom songs but it's up there i mean it's not definitely not something i go back to much you know what it didn't make my top 10 worst either but i think it would probably make my top 12 yeah it might make mine it's not good. It's not good. No, it, it starts out <laughs> right from that. I remember the first time I heard that, you know, and I was excited to get Hot in the Shade. New Kiss record. Bring it home. Put it on a turntable. Let her rip. You know, and then you hear that opening drum part. That kind of like a reggae thing. And it's like, wait a minute. Drum machine. Oh, God, it's horrible. It's like not even Eric Carr. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Yeah, it's not in my top ten. I think there's ten songs that are worse, but not by much. You know, and that's the other thing about this list, especially when we get to the part where we're talking about the top ten best. That is so fluctuating for me, you know, all the time. That's like a a constant thing that's going to be moving and changing. So I locked down my top ten, but, I mean, this one's right there. It could be in my top ten worst any day. I mean, Shandy, this song... Eh, I mean, it's hard to tell which is worse. Yep, yep. What's next? At number 209, oh, it's another one from the current era of Kiss. Baco's got rated, I'm an animal. Sucks. It's not great. Yeah, it's not great. <laughs> it's not good. It's bad. It's just kind of there for me. It's not It's not amazing, but it, it's just a, it's a filler gene song. I don't know. I could see this song fitting on Asylum. I could see this song fitting somewhere on Animalized. This seems like something that's probably been around for a while. It's not great. You know, there's there's way, way better Gene Simmons contributions in the Kiss story of their discography. But top ten worst? Mm, no, I don't think so. All right, 208. Oh, this one I really severely disagree with. Yeah, I got a feeling that you guys would. But yeah, modern day Delilah, fuck this. This is you're, this you're is an idiot. Yeah, dude. Plotty, what the fuck? Boring. What? Just like, uh, uh This might be the know, best song on I, that album. To you guys, I like One it. The, yeah, it's it's probably the highlight of that whole record. For I me. think so too. I think that's sadly, the best song. you're correct. That's how bad <laughs> that record is. I I it was funny like everybody was like oh it sounds like seventies kiss I'm like no it sounds like an eighties kiss to me I mean I could argue. yeah to me I think the last two records they did they 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 sound a lot more like a, Asylum to me 
than they do anything from the 70s. It sounds like them trying to replicate the 70s while they're in their 60s. But, yeah, I'm with you. But, yeah, you know, I love this song. I mean, it's not my top ten, but definitely a a song I dig. You're a fucking idiot. No, you're a fucking idiot, Baco. This song (laughs) is actually pretty damn good. I remember when I first got the album Sonic Boom and I put that in. That was the first song I heard. I was like... Fuck yeah. I mean, this ain't going to be bad. This is actually pretty good. The guitars sound good. The drums are right on the money. It's Gene and Paul kicking ass. This sounds like Kiss to me. I dig it. This would. This is far, far from the bottom for me. But I noticed that the next few picks in line here, you've got <laughs> Russian Roulette next after that. And then you've got, let's see, I slid too far. Wall of Sound, Never Enough. Yeah, Wall of Sound, Never Enough. Yes, I know, nobody's perfect. So those are the next ones. So, Chris, do you have any of those in your bottom ten? Not in my bottom ten, and I I will say, um, Yes, I Know, Nobody's Perfect, I think is a great song. Um, It's an old one, right? It's an old G demo. I like that, too. Yeah, it's it's from the Asylum demos. But I think what they did on song was like they fleshed it out to make it good. I think Hot and Cold and Yes, I Know are like the two most 70-sounding Gene songs they've done. But Russian Roulette sucks. I mean, that's a total filler song. Oh, I kind of like Russian Roulette. <laughs> uh, it, it's okay, but it just sort of sits there. Wall of Sound's cool because it's got the whole Helter Skelter callback. Yeah, I like Wall um, of Sound. Never Enough Never is Enough ain't really it's, great. It's a, it's a rip-off of uh, Nothing But a Good Time. But, but yeah, no, none of them are in my bottom ten. Yeah. Uh, I, I do want to go back to Modern Day Delilah just real quick. I was super pumped, and I was really mad when when I got this in my CD player in my car. And I that that kiss made me go to Walmart for this. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> did you know my my cousin was one of the PR people that worked with Paul and Gina that whole uh, that whole thing? Oh man, uh, is uh, is she okay? <laughs> oh, she's not a fan. But she, 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 she loved rubbing it in that she was working with Gene and Paul at the time. Yeah, okay. I, I, I don't doubt it. No, I'm gonna have her on the show sometime. Yeah, well, I, I can ask her. You got the inside that. track. I mean, hey, but yeah, lady, yeah, come on the was, show. She was in the meetings with them. She was there when they filmed that really cringeworthy Walmart advertising thing where they work in the store. Oh my god! Uh, she was she was there One for of the all many things that people think I'm interested in. I you guys have to relate, right? Like you get that that the 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 light plug socket with Kiss makeup drawn drawn on it, yep. or um, the uh, uh, what's his name, the boxer uh, Tyson Kith. It's like, oh yeah, never seen that before. Thanks for sending that to me, mom. God, I get to send that like oh, once yeah. a week. Exactly. So. Well, maybe that'll stop if we actually push this podcast. But uh, what's up next, Aaron Camaro? <laughs> we don't love everything by Kiss, damn it. I'm going to find out why. Well, I, I actually really, really, really fucking hate stupid memes. I don't care who it's involved. And I find it insulting if you think the only thing I can pay attention to is Kiss. Yeah. But here we are <laughs> doing a whole entire episode dedicated to yeah. Kiss. <laughs> All right, at 203, the very first entry on Baco's list from Music from the Elder. I don't know, we had fanfare earlier. Oh, yeah, well, if you count fanfare. But at 203, you've got Odyssey. Mm-hmm. What do you think of this song, Chris? I actually am interested in what you hear. 
This is number five for the worst Kiss song. Oh, oh wow. yeah, this is smack dab in the middle of my list. I uh, well, I've heard Tony Powers' version; it's not much better. Um, well, it's the same. Yeah, it's basically the same. It, it's just it's cringeworthy. Um, and I know there was a rumor that Gene was supposed to sing this song, and Paul decided he wanted to sing it. I don't know if Gene singing it, singing it would have made it better. It's just a really well, over. It's a melodramatic piece of garbage, in my opinion. It really highlights Paul's lisp. In the oh, far off galaxy, <laughs> I hear you calling me. Stand the stallion and the mare. <laughs> yeah, that line That's right funny. there should like, be, like, uh, like I probably would have punched myself in the balls. Yeah, if I was Paul Stanley, like stand the stallion and the mare. Hold on, guys. Yeah, the guy, uh, <laughs> the guy singing about banging prostitutes in New York is now singing about stallions and mares. Aaron. Ah, it's a bad one for sure, but I don't think it's even the worst song on The Elder. Um, you know, the, the Kiss always talked about, you know, The Elder's a good album, just not a good Kiss album. Yeah, fuck that. Fuck False. Like, oh, this, you, you don't like the album now, Baco? I think this song... I love the album. I love... No, 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 no. I, I, I don't like that premise like, it's just not a good Kiss album. Go fuck yourself. You tried something different, it didn't work. Accept it and move on. I... Kiss Me's Fan of the Park is a lot of fun. Quit being a bitch about it. Yeah, but he ain't lying. You know, it, it could have... A song like this, if you put it towards somebody else, you know, some somebody else besides What Kiss. about Dynasty? What about Unmasked, then? If you're really going to go that, that avenue, Dynasty was kind of a poppy. It had a lot of disco beats in it. That wasn't Kiss. Certain songs. super polished in pop. Do we does does well? He actually does probably say like, no one wants to hear that. But I'm just saying uh, that whole little run of records there where they tried to do some stuff. I thought they were very good at it, and I think um, Carnival of Souls kind of falls in that that category. Yeah, I think Carnival of Souls was a great record where they tried to stretch, even though they were at every at every phase that I'm talking about, they were chasing. I thought they actually, you know. At, at least at points in the albums we're talking about, found something that that they weren't really normally doing, and, and and came up with some really good stuff. I mean, you can't fault them for that. I mean, it's true. I mean, even Crazy Nights, you know, every album, yeah. every album since the solo albums has been them chasing the trend. But Kiss a little is, bit, yeah. I think Kiss is so good, is not so much that, that but. Kiss is so good uh, that there's something there that they are able to hit, you know, just enough. Like, Kiss never died. There was a lot of bands that came out that were pretty big in the 70s that go. died along the line. You know, Kiss always did two things. They had such a loyal fan base that would never let that band die. You, me, Chris, all of us sitting here right now, probably a lot of the people listening to this, would not allow that band to die. No matter what they were doing, you were going to go out and buy the new album. And two, they were able to they were able to chase the trends just enough that they were still hitting with crazy, crazy nights. Just enough to keep them alive. Just enough to keep them in the conversation forever, you know? And even when you go back to, like, The Elder and Dynasty and Unmasked, you know? Look at I Was Made for Loving You. You know, not a great representation of Kiss, but it's one of their biggest hits. I mean, Beth, not a great representation of Kiss, is their biggest hit. So, no matter what this band has ever done, it's always been they captured their core audience and they always did just enough to hang on. Whether those were their best songs or not, eh, 
Not always, but you know, it's it's survival, and that's what Kiss yeah. has done over all these years. I'm just bummed that Fog had never done a concept record. <laughs> <laughs> Grand Funk. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the disco album? They all got them. <laughs> all right, two o two, Baco. Uh, well, bang, bang you. Uh, this is where Paul kind of counts his way th- uh, through the lyrics, but uh, yeah, this song sucks. Yeah, it didn't make my bottom ten, but I don't like it. Yeah, it didn't make my bottom ten either, but it's, oh man, this is another one that could be 12, 13, somewhere in there. This is pretty bad, yeah. One, two, three, four. Yeah, Paul learns <laughs> to count. Uh, 201, you've got just a boy. Yeah, and we kind of touched on it with fan, fanfare. I do believe that both on this song and the oath, I think they would have been better if Paul didn't use the falsetto. Even though I think he actually does a very good job of hitting it. I I, I, I think if he would have just said, I'm just a boy, like in his normal range, I think it would have been, would have been a little bit better. Um, but, uh, yeah, it wouldn't have made it a whole lot better. <laughs> this no. is my... Favorite Kiss song of all time. Which least, number? Least yeah. this number one for you? I finally found my ways number one. Just a boy's number two. Wow. Ooh, nice. Yeah. I yeah. think it absolutely sucks. This is number three for me. Just a boy is just the worst. It sucks. So bad. I remember the first time I got the elder and I that song comes up and it's like, what the what is this? You know, I, I can't imagine, I mean, because I was a little bitty kid hearing this, and, and I was confused by it. <laughs> what were the teenagers thinking? You know? Oh, my God. You've they heard? were thinking, whoever whoever steers this ship in a stormy sea, please steer it into an iceberg. You always hear the stories. You know, they were big Kiss fans. We loved Kiss. And then next thing we knew, Kiss was for little kids. And then next thing we knew, just a boy. They put that album on, you know, I always try to imagine that, you know, the hardcore Kiss fan says, this is it, Kiss, this is your last chance. Well, you got to remember, it opened with The Oath, you know, as far as back then. Right, yeah, so, I mean, The Oath You're like, fuck, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So for the kids in Japan, we're going like, oh, what the hell? Yeah, and then Paul starts singing. That's right, yeah, because the oath does kick ass. That's nowhere near my bottom ten. But then, like, yeah, you're right, because it would be like, okay, this is weird, but it's cool, because it's rocking, and it's... I love that. And then, you know, yeah, into Just a Boy and all that, and it's like, man, what the... I don't understand it. Still to this day, I don't understand it. <laughs> what the hell were you guys thinking of? Uh, do you guys want to, like, hammer through the ones we don't need to talk about, or... I think we'll probably probably best to do just the top ten and the top worst, I guess. <laughs> Any way you want it was another cover tune that I didn't uh, that I didn't care for that came in at two hundred. Boomerang uh, closed out hot in the shade, and to me, that's a garbage tune. Uh, Are you other kidding than me? The fact that it's Boomerang is my number eight greatest Kiss song. Oh, you, you have. <laughs> That's my number seven worst. <laughs> really? Uh, I don't understand why everybody hates that song so much. Because it blows, that's why. <laughs> it's like a heavy metal kiss song. I love Boomerang. It's a 
poorly attempted. You guys are always banging on that song, and everybody's always banging on that song, and I can never understand why I like There's it. no way. That's literally in your top ten. No, I was just kidding about that, but it's okay, definitely not oh, in my ten worst. God. Not even oh, close. I actually really like that song. Oh, ask, yeah. Ask Greg. Honestly, we're, we're getting really close to the part where, like, I like everything from this point on. Yeah. I just, you know, I mean, honestly, we're, we're just about past the stuff I... I like any way you want it. I like Boomerang. I like You Love Me to Hate You. I even like Back to the Stone Age, Dark... Everything basically going forward, I actually like. It's just, oh. I don't like it as much as everything I ranked ahead of it. Okay, why so, don't, Chris, why do don't you Eric, have anything left in your top ten that hasn't been mentioned so far? As far as top ten worst? Top ten worst, yeah. Yeah, so I thought wait, maybe you and I will go through our top ten worst, because then we're going to get into the good stuff after this. Okay. <laughs> so, my... Number 10 worst for me is I Was Made For Loving You. I have never, ever, ever liked this song. And wow. even even though we interviewed Desmond Child and he's super proud of it, I hate this fucking song. I've never liked it. Um, number nine was My Way. We went over that. Number eight is Two Sides of the Coin. I think it's a fucking garbage song, and it also inspired a garbage podcast, but we'll talk about that another time. <laughs> and I um, had that at 195, so not too yeah. too far outside that range. Yeah, not uh, the n- best Ace Fraley song for sure. Uh, number seven, Boomerang, which we just talked about. Number six, In My Head from Carnival of Souls. I fucking hate that song. Um, I agree, number, f- yeah. number five was Odyssey, which we talked about. Number and like my last ones are not going to be that surprised. Number one was I finally found my way. Number two was just a boy. So number four was Murder in High Heels from Animal Eyes. I still don't oh, understand how you hate that on. song so bad. Where did I, that end up on my list here? It's fucking awful. I hate that where, song. Where did that end up on my list? Well, and while you look number it up, my number best. three. My number three is one that seems to piss off a lot of listeners. Uh, I think Ladies in Waiting is absolute horseshit. Terrible song. I mean, it's... I had Murder in High Heels at 136. Ladies in Waiting, I had to have higher, too, but... Uh, uh, that song is fucking terrible. I had Ladies in Waiting at 121, so not too far apart, but... Uh... Yeah, it's fucking all... You talk, singing about going to a meat market. Give me a break, dude. <laughs> <laughs> this is a market! Yeah, he doesn't even sing it well. He sounds like an idiot. There's a lot worse than that. Only, I mean, uh, that Chris, song is not in my only bottom Only in 10. hindsight. Only in hindsight. Uh, I got the, <laughs> you I weren't got the there. bootleg of Cobo Hall 76 when I was like 12 years old, and I remember ladies in waiting going, I'm like, wow, it's two chords, and the lyrics are awful. Skip. <laughs> you weren't there in the early 70s. You didn't know what the meat markets were actually like in New York City. I had softcore porn on Cinemax. It's fine. <laughs> Starring Shannon Tweed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. You want to hear my top 10 worst? Yes. Yes. All right. So, number 10 was Dangerous. Mm-hmm. And number nine, I had Shandy or Beth. I mean, you can swap either one of them out, I guess. I don't know. Number eight, We Are One. Yeah, I don't like that either. That is shit. It's a terrible song. And it's number song. seven, It's a good song. It's not a good song. Who said it was a good song? Baco did. I'm going to try to find where I had that. Keep yeah, going. where is that? You and Ralph Vieira are the only two people that like that 12. song. Twelve. Really? I did not have it at fucking <laughs> <laughs> no, I just had the show no. outcast accuse me of putting Boomerang at number in, in the top ten. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> 
You're tro- <laughs> totally trolling with that pick. <laughs> no, I did not. It was at 199. Okay. <laughs> they're, they're, they're actually just fucking with me. Like, uh... Okay. <laughs> okay, now I'm past where there's no way. I, I, I'm like, I must have missed it because there's, there's no way okay. I had it higher than fucking some of this shit. All right, like... number seven, I've got reason to live. Oh, you're wrong. Uh, Seventh uh, worst Kiss bad. song. Number I six. Be a fan without that song. Number six. Now, hold on. Uh, now I think we're getting to the interesting stuff. We should actually talk about where it landed on the list here. Okay. Where do you got reason to live? I'm trying to find. Oh, We Are One was at 122. That's mm-hmm. way too high. I probably had uh, reason to the Lord. <laughs> I can't imagine the good Kiss songs like Boomerang that were listed lower than that. I had to live, to live at 158. Oh, that'd be in my top 20. No way. That's the song that got me into the band, dude. Uh, it's a song that probably should have drove me away from the band, but songs like Boomerang saved me. Oh, my God. <laughs> Although I will admit that Mick Jones and Lou Graham probably deserve a credit on Reason to Live. All right, what's up next? All right, Keep number tomorrow. six. Number six worst kiss song for me, Every Time I Look at You. Yeah, we already talked about that. All right, no. number five, Then She Kissed Me. Oh, number four, My Way. Number yeah. three, Just a Boy. Number two, I'm sorry, Pete, Finally Found My Way. And number one, man. Worst this, song ever? This still makes me angry to this day. These guys had an opportunity. A real opportunity. You're coming out with your own freaking movie. You're going to be on the soundtrack. <laughs> You've got a new song. You're going to put on the soundtrack for your movie, and you give us nothing can keep me from you? Uh, I don't think I put that on this list. There ew. we go. There's the there's the, uh, the, yeah, the, the correction. 220 now. I'm actually going to let you slide that in at the end. I think that's worse than my way. Yeah, it's pretty it's, bad. It's real it's, bad. It's a total. Uh, it's a total stab at trying to copy what Aerosmith did for Armageddon. You know, like, and I thought writer too. Exactly. At the time, I thought, well, they got the new movie coming out. Kiss is more popular than ever. We talked about this. How all the people that gave us shit for liking Kiss all of a sudden are in the nineties. They're like, oh yeah, we got tickets to see Kiss. They were awesome, you know. And everybody's a Kiss fan all of a sudden to the point where they're popular. They're making appearances on like Mad TV and stuff. And all of a sudden, they're coming out with their own movie. They got a new song going to be on the soundtrack. I'm excited for that. You know, they're got. It's going to be awesome, right? I mean, they really got to kick some ass on this because it's Kiss. They're back. It's going to be badass, man. That was the most disappointing thing as a Kiss fan, I think, was getting that soundtrack and thinking this is going to be some awesome song, and it's the worst thing they ever freaking did. Worse than finally found my way. No, it's not worse than that. It is. It's bad. No, I I don't like the song. It's not good, but uh, I didn't actually didn't even think about it when I was putting my list together. So it's it probably worse. it probably should be in my top ten, but I didn't think about it. Now, I'm putting that at two twenty. That's that that is the worst kiss song ever. All right. All right. So I mean, with the original idea to this was to go through this entire list, but I mean, there's two hundred plus songs to do, and Chris and I have only. We've only picked our top 10 worst and top 10 best, so I guess we'll kind of slide to that. But before we do, I want to tell you guys I got a surprise for you. Okay, a really, 
really special surprise for today. Now, before I tell you what the surprise is, you got to let me indulge and tell everybody, go check out Decibel Geek TV. Go check out the Decibel Geek Facebook page. I think we're on Instagram. If you want to become a Decibel Geek VIP, that's an option on Patreon.com. I just released the Chris and Aaron show number 106 and 107, and I've got more I'm going to send to Rock and Ron, so everyone's going to get a whole bunch of Chris and Aaron extra VIP content coming their way. But the big surprise for this week is, well, Chris, you've been bugging me about it for a while, and I keep saying no. I keep saying, no, it's impossible. I can't do that. But for today, when we get done and we're doing Beat the Geek, it's all kiss. <laughs> You're dead meat, Baco. We're doing an all kiss oh, wow. Beat the Geek this week in celebration, <laughs> nice. not only because it's Kissmas in July, but because we've got Chris Sinzak facing off against Jason Bakken, and these guys have tied in the past the only tie in beat the geek history so for one episode only we're doing an all kiss beat the geek nice all right so let's right talk on. about our top tens all right so we're going baco first well uh, yeah coming at number 10 for me has got to uh, uh got to choose uh, opening the song of Hotter Than Hell, my personal favorite Kiss album, by the way. Um, released on my birthday, too. Nice. Got to Choose was my number six top Kiss song. Oh, wow. And, Ooh, nice. And, like, it didn't really take full shape for me until I saw them play in Nashville in 94 on the Gibson 100th anniversary, um, anniversary concert. And,. It was the Bruce and Eric version of the band, and I was—I remember hearing it that night, going, "Damn, this song is really fucking good." And I've listened to it several times over the years. This is one of those songs where I think with Kiss, without the the you know the shenanigans with the makeup and the the big show, if like the Rolling Stones put out "Got to Choose," it would have been a huge hit. So mm. I think "Got to Choose" is like one of the strongest songs they've ever done. I don't think it would have been a hit it, no matter who did it. That's a great song, but it did not make my top ten. Maybe. Really? Right up there. So it's it's on both of your top tens. Yep, number six for me. Man, it's a great well, song, but it did not make well, my top ten. How are we doing this, Chris? What's your number ten? My number ten is... Well, let me get to it real quick. My number ten was Hell or High Water from Crazy Nights. What? <laughs> I knew you guys are going to hate it. Um, it's a... It, one of the best Gene songs of the eighties. I love this song. I love Bruce's solo. I think it's a great song. I mean, I, this song, I go back to the, like I said, my top 10 is my personal top 10 of the 10 songs. I go back to the most. So, um, no, I love this fucking song. Just just to be clear for the listener, my list is the, the, the definitive one. Like, right. Exactly. That's uh, why you're here today. Going. I'm sorry, Chris. I interrupted you. No, I mean, I just, I, I've always, lo- I like Gene's vocals on this uh, on the whole album. I, I, Thief in the Night almost made my list. I mean, I love the version oh, of that. Nice. But um, you're a big I'm, Crazy Nights fan, though, right? That's your entry I'm, point. Yeah, that's the that's the album I got into him on. But so I mean, to I, kind of throw it back at you, that's all you can accept. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> all I can accept. Come on. Oh, you, you, you had some fun with me. I can't yeah, throw it yeah. back. I had, I, by the way, I had it at, at 87. 
I don't have ten crazy night songs on my list. I was going to say, so Chris, you can't accept you Kiss have? if they're not trying to be Bon Jovi. Uh, this is the only one from Crazy Nights on my top ten. Okay, so ten percent oh, wow. of your list of a twenty record band is yeah. Crazy Nights. Yep. Baco, are there any Crazy Nights songs in your top ten? No, me no, neither. By the way, I like the record. Uh, th- that's not a shot, but no, none, none of them cracked the top ten. You can but, hate all you want. That's I, my think, I think those two songs that you I just like mentioned. The record. I don't hate it. I like the song. The, the song you picked is one of my favorites off that record. Okay, cool. I was just going to say, I think the songs that you just mentioned are probably the two best ones off of Crazy Nights, but neither one made my top ten. Now, Turn On The Night almost made my list. Ah! Trying to think, what's the highest rated song I had off there? It had to be um, "When Your Walls Come Down." I, I oh, just... the "Here Kitty Kitty" song. <laughs> kitty, kitty, here Kitty Kitty. <laughs> I oh, love that tune, man. <laughs> You'll swallow everything when you're with me. Yeah, damn right I will. <laughs> wow. It's called doing a Gene song. <laughs> Oh, Boy, if man. the listeners are looking for a podcast where they can find three buzzed up dudes arguing about Kiss, ladies and gentlemen, you found it. Yes. What do you got at number ten, Camaro? For me at number ten, I've got I've had enough into the fire off of Analyze. Holy crap, a non makeup era song. Yeah, yeah that almost made my top ten. That's my number ten song. I love that song. It's great. What a killer tune, yeah. And it's funny, I only have two, like, I guess if you want to call it un unmakeup era songs, I've only got two on my top ten, but that's one of I've them. Got a, i got several. Well, it's weird, because I told you, though, like, like basically, like, you you start getting into the stuff that I like, it's pretty intermixed, but I have, I have, I've had enough at number 70. Wow. And I love wow. that fucking tune. See, yeah, 10 to 70, it, that's, that's tough. It's Take It Off and Save Your Love. Wow, I don't know about that. Number ten for me today. All right, so what what's Baco got for number nine? All right, hold on, hang on. let's scroll back up. <laughs> I can tell you, it's calling Doctor Love. At number nine, I have calling Doctor Love. Uh, yeah, this is a killer tune, although kind of creepy in hindsight, like we were talking about a little bit ago. But uh, man, uh, what a killer tune! Uh, I don't care for the the. The way they fucked with it with on double platinum and smashes and thrashes, but uh, I love hearing it live and I love the uh, original studio version. That definitely is one of Kiss's calling cards for sure. You know, that's a Kiss song that everybody knows that's Kiss. Unlike Beth, where they say, "Really, that's Kiss?" There's no doubt about it that "Calling Doctor Love" is a Kiss song. The other side of that is, I remember catching shit for that. You know, I was talking to a dude one day. He's like, "Yeah, but you like Kiss." And I was like, yeah, well, what's your problem with that? And he's like, man, Kiss ain't a real band. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, who do you like? Well, I like the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I was like, well, fuck the Chili Peppers. And he says, well, you know, we've got this and this and this, and you've got Calling Dr. Love. You know, like, oh, yeah, I guess I kind of do see that. What's that? Kiss has no songs about California. The Red Hot Chili Peppers have like 20 of them. That's no. right. That's, that's <laughs> the difference. Um, I love the song. Um, this is one of those songs where like I know a lot of Kiss fans, diehards have been saying like they hated that it would get included in the set list over and over again. But I always liked it. 
and I always thought that Ace's solo on this song is amazing. She, I I love yes. the, I love the flanger effect that he has on the solo. It's one of his more thought out lead parts. Um didn't make my top ten, but I do like the song. Okay. Yeah, this one would definitely be right up there for me too, but not in my top ten. All right. All right, what do you guys got at nine? At number nine, I've got a little something off a of love gun. One of my favorite KISS songs of all time. What a great way to kick off KISS Alive 2. I Stole Your Love. Mm, killer tune. That's a good one. Uh, for my number nine, I've got Who Wants to Be Lonely from Asylum. Damn, really? That's incorrect. <laughs> I, I have that super low. Holy and God. such a praise gets heaped on me for saying that. Um, no, I, don't, I disagree. I get shit from KISS fans all the damn time. For like not digging that tune, that song is boring as fuck. I don't get it. I've always loved it. I mean, Make I do understand. like the song, but I mean, top ten, uh, uh-uh, uh, not even no. close. I've it always... officially comes in at one eighty six. Nah, I love the song. Always have. Um, I love the. It's almost got an R and B, like a Motown type sound to the like the melody structure. Oh my god, Motown just fucking fired a bullet into your head. Oh, <laughs> Um, Chris Motown, talented musicians. Bruce's solo is great on this song. Yeah, it's great solo. No doubt there. I I love. Imagine how hard it was to play it while you're falling into a pool. Exactly. (laughs) I like the video better than the song. That's for sure. Well, the video is pretty hot. Like, ask Joe Polo. Joe Joe Polo is like from Podcast Rock City. Podcast Rock City is obsessed with one of the girls in the video, but um. No, I always love the song. I love the solo. I, I love the melody line. I've always loved it. Uh, that's my number nine, you asked. It's not a bad song. Top ten, not even close, I don't think. All righty. All right, well, what was your nine, Camaro? I Stole Your Love. Oh, sorry. Oh, so it was back to me. Uh, hold on. Sorry about that. So we're going to Baco's number eight. I keep bouncing around here. So Black Diamond is uh, one of my favorite Kiss songs of all time. I think it, I, it's not probably a – oh, I'm probably not breaking a whole lot of unique uh, hot takes there, but uh, I love this tune. Um, have you guys heard the um, – I assume – of course you have, the last song on Kiss My Ass. Uh, that yep. literally like kind of put you know you know chills through me when listening to that. I was like – I imagined like being Paul Stanley and writing that song and then like whatever, you know, 25 years later – this guy does this orchestrated version of that. That was amazing. But no, I love Black Diamond. It's a it's a must have kiss tune. But uh, comes in at number eight. That was Yoshiki from X Japan, right? Yep. And uh, this, um, well, I go ahead and spoil my own list. But this is my number one kiss song. Really? Yeah. Nice. And I'm Aaron. This is not news to Aaron because he knows. Like I think this. This song encompasses everything that's great about Kiss. You've got Paul doing the intro. Yeah. You've got a great chord change throughout the song. You've yeah. got a great solo from Ace. Shit, yeah. You've got a Peter Chris main vocal. Mm-hmm. You've got everything you could ever want from the original Kiss on this song. And I think it's one of the most unique songs the band ever wrote. Like a lot of people, you know, talk about, oh, Kiss ripped off Free for um, Hotter Than Hell, or they ripped off The Stones for Deuce, all this stuff. This is like one song where I don't know that you can really pin them down as ripping off anybody. It's just an original, well-done song. Um, yeah, I think it's the greatest Kiss song ever made, in my opinion. 
And that's why that man is my co-host on the Decibel Geek Podcast, because I, too, have ranked Black Diamond as the number one most awesome Kiss song of all time. And Chris is right. It's got a little bit of everything. It's the perfect representation. If I'm going to play a Kiss song for somebody, that's going to be the one. Yeah. And I agree with Baco. I mean, I think the the Yoshiki version, like he said, it damn near brought him to tears. It did bring me to tears. I mean, I remember listening to it going, this just it, this just further exposes how well made of a song this re- this really is. So, you know, hearing it done in an orchestral format uh, really shows how well well done the song is. What was what was your eight then, Chris? My number eight. Hmm. My number eight is Saint and Sinner off the Creatures of the Night record. Mm. Wow, that's a surprise one. Yeah, I and like this is one of those where when I first bought Creatures, I didn't I didn't view it as like one of the best songs on the record. You know, obviously the title track's amazing. Keep me coming's cool. Uh, I love it loud. It's great. War Machine. War Machine was like one of my favorite songs for a long time, but I've gotten yeah. burned out on it. But Saint and Sinner, I think, uh, more, mostly in my, as a tip of the hat to Eric Carr. I think uh, drumming wise is one of the one of the best songs he ever performed on, and I think it's a it's a clever song. I um, it, it kind of goes flies under the radar with that record, but I, I've always loved that song. It's hard to go wrong with his drumming on that record at all. But uh, right. I had that that one twenty three is the official ranking. So. Wow! Yeah. Well, you're wrong. I don't know if I yeah, like put I said. A- <laughs> They're all good after like one eighty, right? But uh, what's what's yours, uh, uh, Aaron? For me, at number eight, I heard some people here tonight like to drink IPAs, and I heard some other people here tonight like take a trip to the cold mountains of Colorado. But when you're down in the dumps and you need something to pick you up, at number eight, I've got cold gin. Yeah, this is the one that's going to get me shredded. <laughs> you don't like it? I've never enjoyed this song. I will. I I, I tolerate the alive version, um, but yeah, I thought this is the one that was going to get people like Beth and this one on my list. But one fifty nine is where I put Cold Gin. One fifty nine. I literally put out what? Yeah, I this song is plotty and slow. It is typical Ace crap where it's like, like I play and then I sing. And then, no, I know he didn't sing, but he was still writing songs like that. This song is is just not that good. I don't understand why it sticks around. Uh, Wow. Especially (laughs) since, like, they they unlike Beth, they did this during the 80s with no makeup. Right. I just don't get it, man. It's like, it's so goddamn boring. The best thing about, like, like, as a guitar player, it's insulting. It's like, Dang, 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 digga, 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 digga. It's all, it's like, wow, Poison thinks this is, is too stupid to play. I have to say something. Say uh, so, Well, so this did not make my top ten, but it's one of those things where it's a case where I'm kind of bummed out that I didn't make it my, in my top ten because Aaron knows the story. But, like, I got into Kiss through, like, <laughs> as embarrassing as it is, the Reason to Live video from Crazy Nights, but my brother gave me a live and I got alive, and I put on side for some reason. I put on side two of disc two, and it started out with rock bottom with the like mellow introduction. And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm skipping that, which we'll get to that rock bottom in a minute. And I skipped to the next one with the whole "How y'all feel?" 
well in the whole intro, <laughs> you know, vodka and orange juice and everything. And like Cold Gin was the first full Kiss song from the original lineup I ever heard. And that song, I play, I must have played Cold Gin like a hundred times in a row. I got so into it. Huh. It's not really in my top ten right now because I'm kind of burned out on it. But well done, Aaron, on that pick because. Like one of my greatest kiss memories is falling in love with that song, and that song kind of sealed the deal as me being a fan. I think Cold Gin definitely holds a place in the top 10 kiss songs of all time. Yeah, it's not Yes, it's definitely not Kansas, it's not Asia, it's Kiss. So it doesn't have to be philosophical, it doesn't have to be virtuoso, it just has to be good, it just got to feel good. And Cold Gin is a song that feels good, and that's why it's number eight on my list. And another thing that bothers me, and I don't know if it bothers you guys as much as it does me, but like on a live, when they go back after the solo, they go into the main riff for a little while and let that main riff breathe. But like ever since the reunion, they do the solo, they do the main riff for like four bars, and they go right back to the fucking chorus. Does that bother anyone else or is it just me? I don't know that I ever noticed that. Probably just you. Yeah, yeah I never it. noticed it. But yeah, I, I know what you're saying. That I, sounds like I, something I actually that would bother prefer me. the way you're saying it. Because the main riff is like the best part of the song. And it's like they. Ah, God. They rush the main back riff into is the my chorus. problem. It's like. Like I say, uh, it's, it's not, you know, nothing complicated or anything. But I mean, when Sabbath is doing a riff like that, it's, e- it's catchy. It can be good, but. Like. I don't know. What what's the shock me is a pretty simple riff, but it's much better. Yeah. I don't know. They know Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. But who oh, is? Oh, there's a there's a fucking cheap shot. <laughs> you guys stay tuned uh, for Chrysler in to. November. No, it's all good. <laughs> well, all right, so I guess that brings us up to number 7, right? Yeah, oh. I stole your love, bitches. Bam. One of the best Kiss tunes ever. Yeah, that was my number nine, so I'm pretty close right there with you. I Saw Your Love is my second favorite Kiss song ever. Nice. Yep, I love this fucking song. So this is our first one that's unanimous, that all three of us agree it should be in the top ten. Well, my first Kiss concert was the the Hot in the Shade tour, so... They came down on the lifts coming down to the stage on I Stole Your Love. So, that I mean, that song is cemented in my DNA. I love that fucking song. It's, it's a great song. Oh, man. When I saw them on the reunion tour, uh, the story is that we uh, had to stand in line with, like, uh, random numbers. You, whoever, you know, they, they decided they would say, this is the start of the line, and that's where you got in. There were six of us. So I was the one guy who was – had the best number and I got to buy 10 tickets and they had one floor ticket available. And, and so I said, I'll take that and nine other tickets. It's not, not the most popular guy with the people that I bought the show for, but man, <laughs> when they walked out and they opened with this on the reunion tour, it was just like boner city. So yep. let me ask you something. So you're talking about the very first kiss reunion show in Minneapolis, right? 
Yeah, 96. St. Paul, actually. So you're talking about the day that you had to get in line outside of the arena to get the tickets. Not the show day, but the day you lined up to get tickets. Yeah, I was at a Ticketmaster outlet. It wasn't actually at the arena. I got you. Because my friend and I drove from Merrill, Wisconsin, all the way to Minneapolis, St. Paul, to be in line at the arena because we didn't trust Mm. the Ticketmaster at the local (laughs) Drew's Piggly Wiggly. So we decided it was important enough to us to drive there to get our tickets. So we did this. I took the day off. Well, yeah, we did too. So we made that road trip to Minneapolis. We got in line outside the arena. They came out, and we'd been waiting in line for a while. I mean, we were there for a long time. We were right up towards the front. And by the time the afternoon rolled down, the line got pretty long behind us. And they said, hey, we're going to do like a lottery thing. And we're going yeah, to, fuck that. Isn't that and that, that's what we said. Hey, fuck that. We've been standing here in this spot. There's four people in front of us. There's 150 people behind us, but we've been standing here in this spot for hours. You're not doing a lottery. We're not getting screwed where somebody that just showed up five minutes ago is going to get better seats than us. That's not fair. And they said, all right, well, we'll take this first section first. And we got really good seats for that nice. very first kiss show that I seen the reunited kiss in Minneapolis, St. Paul. I guess you were at the same show. Yeah, all right. We, we went to our uh, Kiss concert together then. But you trusted your Piggly Wiggly more than I did. Well, there was no Piggly Wiggly. In <laughs> I was in a, actually it was a video store. The weird thing is that like it was like literally like under thirteen minutes, and like when I get up there, they're like. All we have is upper deck. I'm like, you literally have nothing better. And they're like, they they had it already printed on a ticket that somebody didn't buy, sitting on top of the cash register. That was like the twentieth row on the floor. I'm like, I'll take that and nine of the next tickets that you can wow. get. Wow. So so you had to you were there by your very self. Oh yeah, I sat, <laughs> I sat by myself. But I was like, this is the most important day of my life. Like any KISS show, you might be by yourself, but you're never alone. I was next to a dad with his kids. You know what <laughs> This reminds me of, um, I went and I went some like a suburb of Nashville. I went to a record store to buy tickets for the Ace Fraley and Peter Chris Bad Boys of KISS tour oh, in 95. Nice. They got that far in, huh? Yeah, and I, I went into the store and I bought them and... The guy like laughed at me. <laughs> he was like, "Oh, you want the uh, the Peter Chris bass really? Like, oh, it's like Bad Boys of Kiss. Oh, those Bad Boys." And he just laughed at me. It was so embarrassing. And then you drug him outside and beat his ass. Well, I did, I, I did get to meet Peter after the show. He bummed a cigarette off me. It was really cool. <laughs> it was the best cigarette you ever bummed anybody. Yeah, and he, he's like signed an autograph picture for me and everything. It was he was like super nice? I had like the one mid nineties experience with Peter Chris that was positive, according to other people. The only original guy that I don't have an autograph from. So fuck you, man. Well, maybe uh, maybe in Nashville next August. Cut that out. Yeah. Of the- hey, yeah. knock on that. <laughs> All right, so that's number seven. I've got come on and love me at number seven. Hmm. I had for number seven. I had Mr. Speed from Rock and Roll Over. Oh damn! Yeah, not in my top ten. I, I just, it's it's like there's not much to the song, and it's it probably is an ode to premature ejaculation. But I always love the song. I mean, it's got a Rolling Stonesy type sound to it. But I, 
it's it's like an underrated tune for me. So like for me, it's one that I got. I I just I I took my view of as a Kiss fan from 2020 looking into the catalog. That's one of those that I go back to a lot. So I I, I like the song. That's yeah, a good I put it song. At 34, but honestly, it's one of my favorite Kiss tunes. I I, I whatever. Like I said, you get to this point. Things start shifting around. I can I can slide them up all all over the place. Right. Mr. Speed is a killer tune. Yeah, Mr. Speed is awesome. I love the solo, and it's not that difficult. You know, it's like a very simple mm-hmm. one. But that that main riff, that double stop kind of slide thing. Yep, just killer. Well, and the lead riff has like uh, like you know the descending, you know the pull off hammer, you know the pull off bend. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, I know I like that. I've always, I always like, I've always like Mr. Speed. I think it's a cool song. And if you've never seen the video from the farewell tour in Australia when Peter was out of the band and Eric Singer was back in, and Ace breaks into the song, it's great. Oh, got to check that out. Yeah, is that where Gene gets mad at him? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Ace Fraley Show. Yeah, he's like, what does the Ace Fraley Band want to do next? Oh yeah. <laughs> And he starts playing Rocket Ride, and Gene has no idea what to do. <laughs> right. Or any idea what that song is. All right, so that's our number sevens. That brings us up to number six. Baco, what do you got? Come on and love me. You're number seven. All right, nice. See, By we're, the way, we're neck the and neck opening there. line to this tune should be the reason they get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. This is one of the best opening lines to any fucking pop rock song ever, whatever country we, She's a dancer, she's a romancer, I'm a Capricorn, and she's a Cancer. That yeah. fucking, that is just killer. Poetic most, genius. Yeah, it's one of the most clever things Paul's ever come up with. I will give him that. Cool And he's, he's had some good ones. And I remember I saw them um, in 97 on the reunion tour, and it was like it was like the week that my dad passed away. So it was like, it was a very hard night. And like, I kind of, I you know, I was a nerd, so I... I kind of kept up with everything Kiss was doing on the road, so I kind of knew what the set list was going to be, and they broke that one out, and that was not expected. So it was like a nice surprise to hear Come On and Love Me Live. So I've I've always loved the song. It's not in my top ten, but I definitely love the song. You know what really reawoken me to that song? Because I always dug it, but I kind of got away from the early stuff was into what was current. But when Skid Row's B-Sides Ourselves came out, Oh, it's a oh, great cover. And they did a cover of Come On and Love Me. I was like, holy shit, this is an yeah. awesome song. I got to go back and re-listen to that original one again. And that really kind of helped me reawaken to Kiss a little bit more. It'd be like, my friends all love Skid Row, but I love Kiss and I love Skid Row. Look at this. You know, if Kiss yep. was shit like you guys say they are, why the fuck would Skid Row be doing such an awesome cover of such an awesome song? Yeah. And if you listen to that Skid Row cover... It's mixed like a rock band would mix it. Because, like, if you get near the after the second chorus, it gets so overdriven. But it's hilarious because you know that they were those guys were behind the board themselves doing the mix on that song. Because it's like it completely peaks out like to max volume. But I can't help but smile when I listen to it because, like, you know, they were just having a ball putting that song together. Good stuff. All right. So, number six for me is Rock Bottom. Mm, nice. It's one of my all-time favorite Kiss songs. I always, like Chris said, you know, you, you get, it's one of those songs where it kind of leads you in to feel like you're safe. 
You know, all this. You know, you got to fit me good. Is, I'm talking about the intro part where it's nice and pretty, oh, sure. you know, and all of a sudden then it's like, wham, right in your teeth. You know, it's like, oh, we lulled you into a false sense of security and then we rocked your face off, you know. I love a song like that. You know, some of my favorite Kiss songs are like that, where it starts out where it's like, oh, this is nice. Boom, right in your face. You know, and this is a perfect <laughs> example. I like Rock Bottom. Did you know that intro part has a name? It does? Yeah, Gene answered. Somebody, no, it's George. <laughs> it's not Steve, you fucking asshole. Um, but uh, it's George. Um, Gene answered somebody's question on I was on so off base. I know. Um, now, for my number six, I had got shooters. Baco, where do you got rock bottom at? Oh, coming up at number four, but between that is number five, Let Me Go Rock and Roll. I, I like both versions, the studio and the live, but the live is far superior. I really struggled yeah. with this one because this is absolutely one of my favorite Kiss songs, especially... The live version. There's so much energy yeah. and power in that song. I love it so much. That's my number eleven. I really, oh, really, I really fought with that. And then I was like, when I looked at my list of my top ten, I was like, oh, these are all songs off the first three albums. I really need to diversify myself a little bit. <laughs> so, so let me put two songs in that aren't from the original three albums and uh that knocked let me go rock and roll out but i fucking love that song that's really is one of my all-time favorite kiss songs do you know the um and i didn't have it in my top 10 but i love let me go rock and roll but did you did you know the uh there's a lot like there's a long debate on kissfaq.com message boards about what the hell gene sang at one point some people thought he was saying come on posse but the truth is, he's saying, "Come on, Quad Cities." Did you know that? I I know what you're talking about. I had never he was, thought about it. He was, and they, I did not know that. Sing it, playing, Baco. Because one of the the shows recorded for a live was Davenport, Iowa, and that was right. In the, yeah, that was in an area called the Quad Cities. Yeah, Rockford, uh, Davenport. Uh, shit, uh, I'm sorry. I got I got half the quads. Yeah, but that was uh, that. That's what he's saying. He's saying, "Come on, go on, Quad Cities." cities. I always thought he's saying, oh, "Come okay. on, okay," on the live version. Yeah, on a live. And there's some useless knowledge for you. Wow, that is cool, though. I never knew that. Good thing that's not a part of Beat the Geek this week. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Didn't make my list, but my um, let's see, my number five. I had uh, Charisma from Dynasty. Wow. Ooh. Nice pick. Oh, I love that song. I love the solo. The solo has like such ambiance to it. That's a big word, like gymnasium. Uh huh. Mm. I love charisma. That's a great song. I really love it a lot. I remember the first time Dynasty was a special album for me because I, when I found it, it was old. But when I found mm-hmm. it, to me, it was brand new. I'd no, never seen here. it. I'd never seen it before. I'd never heard it before. I drug that thing home. Like As soon as I got it, I was like, we need to go home. We need to go home. I need to go home now, <laughs> right now, right now, right now. You know, it was like, no, no, we've got to go to the Shopco first. Now, no, you know, I don't want to go to Shopco or Kmart or nothing. I want to go home to my turntable right now. But, like, Gene doesn't have a lot of con- contributions to Dynasty. He's got, what is that? That and X-Ray Eyes is really yeah. it, right? So... Um, but yeah, like I remember 
like 2000 man was the song that hooked me into dynasty because i listen sure. i was waiting for that, I was like skip and then i went to 2000 man and i loved it and then uh when i got to side two because i think charisma is the first song on side two if i remember right I was like, damn, this is really good. And I love that the solo is so out of sorts for what Ace would usually play. And it's like, I don't know if this sounds crazy or not, but like Driving Late at Night, the solo on this song is like perfect for Driving Late at Night. I don't know if that makes sense or not. Well, but something else you said makes a lot of sense, that that was the first song on side two, because when I was a young kid, somehow I got it in my head that the songs on side two were always better than the songs of side one. I don't know why. I don't know where that came from. You were a geek at an early age. So when I got Dynasty, I put on side two first. That's cool. Well, Kiss Alive 2 was the first record that I heard by Kiss, and that was my gateway. And so everything prior to that was new to me. But this was the first Kiss album with all the members that uh, supposedly um that i got to buy in here so yeah uh charisma was a killer tune i love it not in my top 10 though proper ranking is 55 though well and let's not forget craig smith's wonderful rendition of it at rock and pod one well that that version is number one on my list down to 56 (laughs) all right i was trying to be nice charisma Awesome. (laughs) What's next? All right, that brings us up to number five in the top ten Kiss songs of all time. I'm going to go ahead because I'm sure that it does not match either one of you. My number five Kiss song of all time, Unholy. Nice. One of their best non-makeup tunes, man. I had Unholy at number 18. Uh, that's the official ranking. So That's that's pretty good. 18's not bad. I put it at 5. It would move over your four spots if Eric Carr played drums on it. I had Unholy at number 4. Oh, nice. Ooh. I love this fucking song. See, this Baco, song, this is where your definitive list comes into question now. Because if Chris and so I good. both have it in our top five, then well, I, something's not right here. I'll never forget my best friend Wes, who was the drummer in my band later on. But he, Wes was in cool the Wes was in the Anthrax, Slayer, all the he- Overkill, all the heavy bands. And I was a, the Kiss fan. He always hated Fucking everything Wes. I liked of Kiss. And he <laughs> called me in the middle of the night when he's like, "Holy fuck! I just heard the new Kiss song on MTV, and it's amazing." And I was like, "Well, it must be good if you're saying so." And so I waited up like fucking five hours. To finally see the Unholy video, and uh, it was amazing. And to this day, it's one of my favorite songs. And uh, as much as Vinnie Vincent is a piece of shit as a human being, um, good on you for writing the song with Gene. But uh, great video too. Yeah, yeah. great video. Um, the biggest disappointment is the whole album doesn't sound like Unholy, which right. is pretty unfortunate. Like Unholy okay. is the best song on Revenge by Easily. miles. By Easily. miles. <laughs> And I like that record, but it's not close. It's it's way overrated. See the way we talked about, and then Domino she kissed comes me. In number two, uh, Domino suck. <laughs> Fuck you, Domin. It's second best song on that record. Ah, bad ZZ Top cover. Yeah, yeah, I see both ZZ sides of that. Cover. But it's funny because we talked about the way that, and then she kissed me. Brought down Love Gun. How one song can pull an album down. 
Well, we've talked about this before, too, how unholy really pulls revenge up as far oh, as yeah. how it's revered. Big time. And honestly, I think if Domino would have been the second the, the second single, it would have done even better. But no. they, Paul was like insistent on having that ballad thing, so... I'm, Chris, I'm sorry, but Domino is a catchy fucking tune. No, it's not. Uh, it's terrible. That's oh, a great song. When I was People younger, when Revenge first came out, I was I was really digging Domino. But over time, that's just not one that really stands out to me. I don't think Domino makes my top 15, I don't think. Well, you had fucking Little Caesar on Hot in the Shade, Domino on Revenge. I was waiting for a song called Pizza Hut on, on, on fucking Carnival's Soul. <laughs> I had actually had Domino one spot behind Unholy on my overall list. Oh, wow. Unholy number 18 and Domino at 19. Wow, wow. you're crazy. That's wild. No, I'm, I'm brilliant. I'm, no, you're I'm, not. I'm the smartest Kiss fan ever. <laughs> Your balls are going to suck pretty hard if, if that's the case. That's the scenario. That's a good. That's <laughs> some good news for Baco. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think your wife's going to like that much, but all right. <laughs> She's like, oh, man. sucking for me. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the fuck right. that means, but it was funny as hell. <laughs> are, we, are we at four or three? I don't even know. Uh, we did, we're at number four. Number four? Okay. Baco, what have you got on the definitive list for number four? Rock bottom, girl, you know you gotta treat me good. That's a great song. I already mentioned I had it at number six. Chris, you got yep. rock bottom in your top ten? Uh, not my top ten, but I do love it. So, so far, have we agreed on anything in our top ten besides oh, sure. Come On and Love Me? Let's go down from the, the... So, we got got to choose. Do we all have got to choose or not? No. Yes, I do. Calling Dr. Love? No. No. Black Diamond? Yes. Yeah. Chris number and I one. each had it at number That's one. That's one. For, are we all Come three? Come on and love me? No. Yes. Number seven. Let me go rock and roll. No. no. And then we're at rock bottom, baby. All right. Yeah. So that's... Uh, what do you guys got at number four? I got watching you at number four. Oh, that's a good one. killer. That's one of my all-time favorite Kiss songs. I am watching you at at number 12, man, just outside uh, the top 10. Chris, did watching you make your top 10? It did not, but I do love the song. Um, For my number four, I had Unholy. Okay, so do all... Baco, you don't have Unholy in your top 10. No, not not far out of it, though. It's at 18. Mm, 18 is way too low for Unholy. Unholy is such an amazing song, and the fact that it was so out of character for Kiss, but it made sense for Kiss when it was done. But um, yeah, like I said before, um, my drummer at the time was into thrash metal and stuff, and he was like, holy shit, I saw the new Kiss video. He saw it before me, and I stayed up and watched it, and I was like blown away by it, and I just wish that the rest of the record sounded that way. Yeah. I have a very similar story. Like the local radio station kept teasing the brand new Kiss tune, and they would do that. You know, Aaron, you know as much as anybody. They would like, and coming up, the new Kiss song. <laughs> well, by coming up, they meant like 
Yeah, probably an hour and a half from now. Right, yes. Um, uh, and they kept teasing us. We were literally doing dishes in the, in, in, in the live, in the kitchen of our tenement that we shared. Uh, and when that song came on, we basically both, like, almost dropped the dishes in the sink and, like, looked at each other like, holy fuck, unholy kicks ass. Yeah. I remember the Headbangers Ball where Kiss was, uh, yeah. doing the show at the Troubadour. Yep. That was, I, I, you know, as a matter of fact, I still have that on VHS from the day I recorded it. I still have that VHS here in the Decibel Geek studio because that meant so much to me. And that was the first time I heard Unholy is like there was nothing that was going to keep me from missing that Headbangers Ball because that was the day you. Nothing could keep me from you. Uh, yeah. Well, everything could keep me from that song, but nothing <laughs> could he- keep me from hearing Unholy. And man, yeah, it blew me away. Know. I loved it. That was a song I could, like Chris said, you could stick in the face of the fans of Pantera. You could stick in the face of the fans of Metallica and Anthrax and the, the kind of people that would give you shit for liking Kiss would have to listen to that and be like, Oh fuck, this is yeah. awesome. Great song. For me, it was in that video, it was seeing the return of the, Paul Stanley, Ivan as Iceman. I was like, yeah. Oh, yeah. the holy grail of guitars for me. I was like, what? thank you. I don't care that you kind of have a really gnarly beard, Paul. That, <laughs> just play that guitar. Well, and also the uh, the flying V that Kulik was Oh, playing. no shit, yeah. Yeah, I love yeah, a, yeah. A little black flying It v. was like, oh my god, Kiss is actually back to basics and it's cool. Like It was, it was a Super really cool. great moment. I still think watching you is just one spot higher than Unholy, but yeah, you got to put Unholy right up there. And the fact that it's not in your top ten, Baco, I'm starting to question your definitive list. Oh, it's definitive. At number three is nothing to lose. I, although I should at least explain this. I found out fairly recently, like in the last ten years, that this song is about butt sex. Uh, but yeah what a great riff what a killer tune man uh my parents let me listen to this shit what the fuck is wrong with them they had no idea i like the song it didn't make my top 10 but i do like the song but i think that if we had it didn't this did not make my top 10 either but if we were doing a definitive list of songs about butt sex today i think we would all agree (laughs) this is number one if not, number two. <laughs> <laughs> number two, I see what she did. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Comedy podcast of all time. We're coming for you. Yeah. Uh, all right. That brings us up to number three. What, what, what did you guys have number number three? I've got 2,000 man at number Ooh, three. Nice pick. That's hard to argue because I mean it was when I got Dynasty on cassette. I mean that was that was a big moment hearing that song. I was like that, that and that song I listened to repeatedly. So it's one of those where I'm questioning my list now, but uh, I do love that. So one. Did you push the stop button, hit rewind, and try to time it perfectly, and then hit play. Yeah, kind of because I hated I was made for loving you. Mm, um, that's right. For my number three was num- uh, A Million to One. That was my number three. Oh, that's a great song. Because uh, to this day, I still think that song, if it was released to radio, it would have been a hit. 
It's hard to disagree with that. We've talked about that many a times over the years, how about that was the missed opportunity, the, the kissed opportunity that they had at that time where that song, if they had released that as a single at that time, that song shoulda, coulda, I got to believe woulda been huge. I think so. Paul's best 19, the 80s era vocal, hands down. So I got to know, where did you guys rank 2000 Man? All right, uh, hold on. Is I got, I got 2000 Man, and what was the other one? Um, uh, million to one. Million to one. Hold on. 2000 I, Man, I had it at 24, and 26 was a million to one. Wow. I didn't have 2000 Man in my top 10, but it would definitely be in my top 20. Number three, I'm telling you. Number three, wow. Only because me and Baco, we we elevated that song at Rockin' Pod last mm, year. Oh, right on, yeah. <laughs> like, let me, I didn't know you weren't going to use that damn microphone. I'll come over there. That's what I thought, too, when we were doing that live. It's like, why isn't nobody backing me up on this? Why am I doing this by myself? Oh, well, fuck it. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you nailed it though. I left it for I left that microphone for you and nobody touched it. No, no, the microphone was actually in the opposite side of the stage with BJ. I was like, what the fuck? Oh yeah, BJ was supposed to sing backups then. See, that's that's the beauty of doing those uh podcaster jams. Yeah, there was no actual rock and pod. Girl, so There's no kind of preparation. I, you can't really blame him, but I was driving to the suburbs so I missed it all. Yeah, 2000 Let's man. Let's number, number two. What, what do we have at number two, man, gentlemen? Deuce. Baco's got Detroit Rock City. Yeah, I have Detroit Rock City number two. Uh, one of the, what, what, by the way, one of the best, um, I don't know how you want to, sculpted, written. I mean, this song was not actually written like in, 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 a, in a traditional sense. This song was actually kind of shaped to be exactly, exactly what it is. It's, it's perfect. I love it. Uh, for number two, I've got I Stole Your Love. And I had that at number nine. Detroit Rock City didn't make my top ten, but... Not me neither. What? I think, I think the thing with Detroit Rock City is, man, it's tough to say any song by Kiss is overplayed, except for maybe Rock and Roll All Night. I'm tired of that song. But Kiss does push that song that's, pretty heavy, but they push it for a reason song, because though. it's awesome. I, I honestly think that the top two, you can flip them. But there's no argument that these are the two biggest Kiss songs ever. Yeah, Deuce is pretty fucking awesome. That's why I got it at number two. Well, thanks for ruining the fucking number one. <laughs> <laughs> I thought number one was Black Diamond. Well, that's his. Well, for you, yeah. No, yeah you've been outvoted. If you're right, City number two, Deuce number one. That's for me, yeah. Uh, yeah, Detroit City is killer, but Deuce, my God, especially the live version on a, on a live, or yeah. if you've actually gone to see them in concert, when they yeah. play this, any lineup just fucking kills. It's one it's, of them songs, uh, you, you can't amazing. play that song limp. Yeah, I mean, there's no way to do it. That song is in your face, powerful, every oh, time, no matter who's playing it. That song has got it. It's Chuck Berry on steroids. Yeah, if there was one song you said uh, you can remove, like you you can only pick one song, like like save it, like a like you're on an island, like I have I save this person. 
you save one song. This is the one song that nobody can take away and throw away. No, I got to believe that Deuce is going to make everybody's top ten. Did Deuce make all three of our top tens? No. What Deuce did not make your top ten? It did not. Then I got oh a question your list as well. <laughs> well, no- what did you have my- at number two, Chris? My number two is I Stole Your Love, and my number one is Black Diamond. Mm, okay. Kind of hard yeah. to argue. I Stole Your I mean, Love is uh, number nine for me. Where'd it go for you, Baco? Which one? I Stole Your Love. Or oh, number seven. See, so that we've we've got a bunch here that we agree <coughs> with. I know, should be it's in not the top like I dislike Deuce. I like Deuce, but... That seems like a weird one to leave out of your Sounds top like 10, Sounds like you dislike it. Well, I'll take Hell or High Water over it, which I don't Oh, my God. Yeah, that yeah, sounds yeah, a lot ridiculous. like you dislike it. Uh, uh, Matt Porter just had a stroke. Uh, <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> Even Joe Polo is upset with you right now. Well, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, and I none agree. of us had any Here's Asylum it. songs in our top 10. No, I almost put Tears Are Falling on my list, but it held off. Oh, yeah. So my, my also rants, let me just say. I don't think you like Kiss. I really don't. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) My also rants are Turn on the Night, I've Had Enough, Naked City, Parasite, Shout Mercy, Jungle Forever. Shout Mercy? Jesus, fuck! (laughs) (laughs) And The Street Giveth. I love a lot of 80s Kiss, whether you like it or not. Well, I I love... Well, I, I I complained about one song. Jesus Christ! I had Heller Hallelujah at number twenty. Okay, that's good. I don't know. That's a little ridiculous to me. Oh, whatever. That's a good song, but Brian, I don't know about 16, top twenty. Look it up at fifteen. Look it up to me is the. Uh, it, it's one of their top three records. Not for the innocent rules. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Oh man, you kidding me? Literally, like I like almost every Kiss song, other than like the. The 20 that I have at the bottom. You want to know another one that I kind of battled with was Get All You Can Take off Animal That's a good song. Oh, my God. That song is garbage. That's one of the worst songs I did. Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. You like Murder Nights better than that one? So I guess what we've established here today that is clearly I am the best Kiss fan out of the three of us. (laughs) We clearly established that, Aaron? I thought so (laughs) in my mind (laughs) (laughs) so like i said if you were looking for an episode today of three drunk dudes arguing about kiss well (laughs) you you damn got it this is all you could ever dream of but something else that's been a dream for a long time is an entire Beat the Geek kiss episode. Let's do it. And if you guys are ready, it's time for the game show. It's time for Beat the Geek All Kiss. Yeah. Now, if you guys have been following along with Decibel Geek Podcast, you know in the quarantine sessions, we were doing Beat the Geek, and that was a lot of fun. But only one time did we ever end up with a tie. And that was a tie between our men right here, Chris Sinzak and Baco. And so today, we're going to find out who is the true champion as 
man, and I had to I had to get some help with this, and I got some good help. But we've got all eleven oh. kiss questions. I got to thank the Podfather for helping me out. I got to thank BJ Kahuna for helping me out a little bit with this. But I've got some pretty good ones, probably some pretty dumb ones too. But these are all involving kiss. And if you're ready, I'm ready. It's time for beat the geek. Kiss oh, edition. I, I'd like to personally request the dumb ones. Thank you. you. You brought in you brought in BJ and Ken. You brought in ringers. That's not fair. I needed help. Like I told you, you, you keep as this the quarantine sessions went on. This is something that maybe not everybody knows. Maybe somebody picked up on, but almost every single time Chris was going, "Can we do a full kiss one? Can we do a full kiss one?" And every time I say, "Hell no, that's too fucking difficult." I have a hard enough time. And see, and this is when I went to the Podfather, when I went to Ken Mills, and when I went to BJ Kahuna, I said, "I need kiss questions that are Sinzak worthy." <laughs> And that makes it very difficult. Oh, this should be fun. I was in a parking lot before a concert <laughs> one night and watched a dude challenge Chris to kiss trivia. And it was like, you guys are fucking nerds. Yep. But they knew some shit. So <laughs> I've got the questions. Let's do it. Chris, you're up first because you are the geek. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Let me get my pen and paper ready right here. Got to slide that beer over a little bit. Here we go. Number one. At the legendary 1996 Tiger Stadium show, Ace Fraley sang three lead vocals that night. New York Groove towards the end of the set and 2000 Man and Shock Me in the middle. The latter two songs would have been back-to-back if not for this song separating them. So, Baco, does Chris know what song was sandwiched in between those two ace tunes, Shock Me and 2000 Man, at the 1996 Tiger Stadium show? And you're giving him a multiple choice, right? Yes, and you got to bet against him or not. No, he does not know. All right, Chris, right off the bat, you are being bet against. At that Tiger Stadium show in 1996, there was 2000 Man, there was a different song, and then there was Shock Me. What song was in the middle? Was it Rock Bottom, Watching You, Strutter, or Christine 16? The A sang lead on? No, A sang 2000 Man, and he sang Shock Me, but there was a song in the middle between them. Oh, it was either asking what song they played in between. Yeah. Was it Rock Bottom, Watching You, oh, Strutter, he's, or Christine he's 16? I'm not stalling. I'm just trying to understand the question. Do you understand, um, though? I think so. <laughs> um, Christine 16. That is incorrect. Oh, fuck. Nope. The song that was sandwiched in between 2000 Man and Shock Me was Strutter. So no mm. points awarded. Oh man! He bet against me. He Wait. Oh yeah, yeah. No you do points. get a point because you did bet against me. Trying to help up my my personal. Oh, nice, Baco. <laughs> without doing a whole hell of a lot, is already up one nothing. That sucks. And it's his question. Paul Stanley has credited a song by this artist as inspiring his song "Move On." Chris, does Baco know 
who inspired the song Move On? Oh, I know this one. Um, I'll say he knows it. All right, Baco, you're not being bet against. Your choices are Chuck Berry, Smokey Robinson, Cram Jansen, or Little Richard. Little Richard. Oh, I should have bet against you. That is incorrect. Well, Smokey no. Robinson, right? It's Smokey Robinson, the song Shop Around. Yep. But Chris did not bet against you, so no points awarded. Baco still in the lead. One to nothing. If I stump you guys in all kiss beat the geek, I'm going to be so proud. Just give me his questions, not mine. Well, this one's yours. <laughs> we'll give you guys two similar ones here. These are always right. fun. According to iTunes, this is Peter Chris's most popular song. Baco, does Chris know what Peter Chris's most popular song on iTunes is? Can I ask you, is it a Kiss song? No, it's a Peter Chris song. So, so it's specifically not a Kiss tune. Well, I mean, you got it's Peter Chris. Fucking he, cheater. He was a member of Kiss. How's that cheating? Come on. I mean, yeah, then he knows it. Yes. All right, <laughs> so yes. you're not being bet against. <laughs> Chris, your choices are tossing and turning, space ace, I can't Beth. stop the rain, or blue moon over Brooklyn. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, that is incorrect. That's such a fucking bullshit. No, I, Jesus Christ wasn't my answer. Was Jesus Chrysler is not correct. Um, yeah. Give me the choices again, please. Tossing and turning, space ace. I can't stop the rain, blue moon over Brooklyn. I'll say I can't stop the rain. That is correct. Hey. Space Ace comes in at 45, blue moon over Brooklyn, 69, tossing and turning, number three, and I can't stop the rain at number two. Wait a minute. I thought we said number one. Well, that is the number one Peter Chris song because actually the saddest thing in the whole fucking world is that the number one Peter Chris song on iTunes is the Glee version of Beth. Of course. Awful. But I got the point, right? But you well, did get the I, point. I, I, uh, uh, oh, oh. Break it right there then. Hey. Well, if I had said Glee version of Beth, I think that would have been pretty easy. Oh, like you were actually expecting Glee version of Beth as an answer. Well, no. That's why I give the choices. Don't be so difficult. <laughs> you think you're so smart, Baco? According to iTunes. No, I do not. According, actually, I think hey. the opposite. I think I'm kind of dumb. <laughs> well, then you'll definitely get this one wrong. According to iTunes, this is Gene Simmons' most popular song. Chris, does Baco know? Um... I'll say no, and I'll play it safe. All right, you're not being bet against. Your choices are Radioactive, Firestarter, Black Tongue, or When You Wish Upon a Star. What is the most popular Gene Simmons tune on iTunes? It's actually uh, a very well-phrased question with the answer choices. Um, Radioactive, when you, when You Wish Upon a Star... Radioactive um, Firestarter. Fire star- I'm going to go Firestarter. Firestarter? Fire Incorrect. 
The most popular song by Gene Simmons on iTunes is Radioactive. Mm. Damn it. So. Well, I didn't bet against them. <laughs> this is why we don't do all kiss. So no points awarded. <coughs> and the question goes back to Chris. These are tough because they're kiss questions. Before Ace Frehley auditioned for what would become Kiss in 1972, he was a member of an unsigned band called Molimo. They recorded a three-song demo for RCA in 1971. These demo recordings were lost for 40 years before they resurfaced in 2014 and sold for over $4,000 on eBay. But what the fuck is a Molimo? Baco! Does Chris know what a Molimo is? No. All right. You are being bet against, Chris. Is a Molimo the name of an Eskimo god, a Native American name for marijuana, an African pygmy trumpet, or New York slang for a large-breasted woman? It's an Eskimo god. That is incorrect. Ah, fuck. It's actually a Malimo is an African pygmy trumpet. Look it up. <laughs> you really dug deep for that one. <laughs> that was my favorite one because there was so much lead up to such a dumb question. Damn. But you got that dumb question wrong. I did. Baco, did you bet against him? He did. He I did. did bet against you, so Baco gets the point. That brings the score up two to one. You guys are killing it. (laughs) And it's Baco's question. Hey, we've already established that Ace was in Malimo before combining powers with Gene, Paul, and Pete. But that wasn't the end of that band. After losing the greatest guitarist they ever had, they regrouped. They changed their name. And they even got signed to Casablanca Records long enough to record a 7-inch single with Kerner and Wise doing the production. Wow. What was the name of that band? Chris, does Baco know the name of the band that Malimo turned into and got signed by Casablanca? I need points, so I'll bet against him. All right, Baco, you're being bet against in the Malimo round. <laughs> Was the name of the band Tomorrow and Tonight, Yesterday's Tomorrow's, Tomorrow Morning, or Tommy Yaya and Yesterday Evening's Tomorrow Night Players? What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) You need those one more time? Tomorrow Morning. That is correct. Oh, for fuck's sake. Yep, that band was signed to Casablanca. They uh, produced a seven-inch single with Kerner and Wise, who also produced Kiss. That was a hell of a guess. (laughs) And Chris did bet against you, so that's two points. Oh, for all sake. That brings the score four to one, Baco. Wow. Getting killed in the guess. Jesus Christ, what a a guess. Come on, (laughs) whatever. I'm going to lose to Baco. This you, sucks. You really didn't go for Tommy Yaya and Yesterday Evening's Tomorrow Night Players? I made that shit up. thought it sounded good. It all sounded made up, but whatever. <laughs> it all sounded <laughs> made up. 
That's well, the funny doing I this did, sometimes. The only one that was like, it definitely isn't tomorrow and tonight. Uh, whatever. What's next? All right. Next is Chris's question, and it goes like this. Which of the following statements about the fifth member of KISS, Sean Delaney, are untrue? So I got four statements. Three of them are true, and one is not. So I'm going to lay them all out. Baco, do you think Chris knows his Sean Delaney facts? Sean Delaney was the fifth member of KISS, right? I He was, and I think he will know this one. All right, Chris, <laughs> you are not being bet against. Which of these statements is untrue about Sean Delaney? He moved to New York in 1966 with $2.98 to his name. Jesus Christ. Clive Davis got one of his bands signed to Columbia Records. He was a member of the 101st Airborne in the U.S. Army. He discovered stars and produced their debut album. Um, I don't think he was ever in the Army, so I'll say that one. That is incorrect. Oh, fuck. He actually was a member of the 101st Airborne. What is incorrect is that he did not discover stars and he did not produce their debut. Really? Everything else is true. That was the one that I was like, well, it's not that one. No, because uh, what's his name? Douglas, the famous producer. He did. Oh, Jack Douglas. Yeah, Jack Jack Douglas did the first stars album. Oh, shit. I thought Sean did that. Incorrect. But you were not bet against, so no points awarded. So we sit here at the score four to one. I've already lost. And question number eight. No, it's it's not out of hand yet, but, I mean, it's not looking good either. There. Question number eight. This one goes to Baco. Besides Kiss, Billa Coyne is also known for managing all of the following bands except. So I'm going to list four bands, three of which were managed by Billa Coyne. One was not. Chris, do you think Baco knows it? I need points, so he doesn't know it. All right, Baco, you are being bet against. Your choices are of bands that were managed by Bill Coin or not. Hinder, Crossbreed, Flip, Man of War. Hinder. That is correct. Ah, you fucker. All right. Wow, nice <laughs> nice one. So you knew. I had to kind of figure you knew that. I didn't know, but they're the most newest. They're the I, most recent. He died, you know what I mean? Yeah, I knew that one. Damn. Yeah, I was. I actually, when I looked that up, I was like, oh, shit, I had no idea he managed all these other bands. So mm-hmm. point goes to Baco. He bet against nice. you. That brings the score up five to one. Isn't it a six to one? Six to two. one. So he gets an extra point. Oh, and right? you got it right. Yeah, that's right. So it's six to one. Thanks for being honest, guys. I'm a little buzzed up. <laughs> I'm an honest man. This is why I could yeah. never be a real game show host because I'm required uh, to drink so much during the Decibel Geek podcast <laughs> while we record. <laughs> All right, so we're on doing Skype it on Saturday nights. <laughs> All right, this question goes to Baco. Tommy no, Thayer's no, first no, show. it's my turn. Oh, no, yeah. See, oh, man, I'm fucking it all up. All right, this question <laughs> this question goes to Chris. Tommy Thayer's first show with Kiss took place on March 6th, 2002. In which country? 
Baco, does Chris know what country Tommy yes, Thayer made? Yes, he knows. All right, Chris, you're not being bet against. Is you're it right. Switzerland, Jamaica, Thailand, or Estonia? It was Jamaica. All right, Chris, you got that one right. You were not bet against. That brings the score up two to six with only <laughs> two questions left. Not looking good. It's over. All right. Baco, this one's yours. These last two are pretty similar, and they're pretty interesting. When you search for Paul Stanley in the music memorabilia category on eBay, not counting guitars, what is the most expensive item currently for sale? So I want to list four (laughs) things. Baco's got to figure out which one is the most expensive on eBay, if it's even on eBay. Chris, do you think he knows it? you got to bet against him. Well, yeah, I bet against him. All right, Baco, you are being bet against. So when you look up Paul Stanley in the music memorabilia category on eBay, which is the most expensive? Is it an Australian Paul Stanley Halloween window decoration from 1980, a 1978 a mail-order Paul Stanley ring, Paul's stage-worn pants used on the Asylum and Animalized Tours, or Paul's stage-worn autograph boot from the Psycho Circus Tour? Is it a boot? Is it the pants? Is it a ring? Or is it an Australian Halloween decoration? What was the second one? Uh, Paul Stanley Halloween decoration, Bill Coin mail order, Paul Stanley ring from the 70s, 1978. Paul Stanley. I'll go with that. All right, you're going with the ring? That is incorrect. This is the Halloween, right? That is incorrect. Actually, the, uh, let's see, let's go in order here. The the mail order ring from 1978 sells for $999. The Australian Halloween window decoration, which those things are pretty damn cool. And I would love to have them if they weren't 1200 bucks a piece. Surprisingly, the Paul Stanley stage warden pants from Animalize and Asylum, they're 7500 bucks. But the Paul Stanley stage worn autographed boot from Psycho Circus oh. is on sale right now for $11,500. Jesus. Plus $350 to ship. I'd rather have the thing from Australia, personally. Three fifty so, to ship? Fuck yeah. that. So... Chris bet against you. That brings him up to four points. Still two down. Oh. But we got one more question left. That's Baco's, right? Or is it mine? This one goes to you. Okay. You're the geek. You get the first and the last. So, Baco, this is going to be interesting. So, Chris, your question is very similar. When you search for Gene Simmons... In the music memorabilia category on eBay, not counting guitars, what is the most expensive item for sale? So, Baco, you're up by two. You really don't need to bet against them, but you could pad your victory, or you could set yourself up for a possible tie again, which would be insane. Yeah. What do you want to do? I'm not going to do that. Yeah. No, he he has this. I'm not going to bet against him. All right, Chris, you are not being bet against. Your choices are a vial of gene-used stage blood, (laughs) a drawing of Gene Simmons by Michael Jackson, 
a McDonald's napkin used by Gene Simmons with photo proof or a Gene Fox and Friends all-access lanyard pass? The only thing I can think of is the the drawing by Michael Jackson because I remember the price was insane, so I'll go with that one. That is correct, but unfortunately you were not bet against. So that brings you up to five. You've lost by one point. That is correct. Oh. Though that's crazy. I never seen that before. I looked that up. It's I saw a, it a couple weeks ago. It's a picture of Gene Simmons drawn by Michael Jackson, autographed by Michael Jackson and Gene Simmons, and you can have it in your home for a mere price of ten thousand dollars. Mm, nice. So Baco, we had to have the rematch because you guys tied. And we did a special edition today because it is Kissmas in July. One time I only. All kiss questions. You are to the myself. champion. You are the decibel geek champion of Kiss <laughs> for July of the year 2020. This is bullshit. <laughs> oh, it's a huge honor. It yeah. was a close one, though. One point. You guys are awesome. You know, you tied during the quarantine sessions, and then it came down to one point in this one. So you guys are truly pretty <laughs> fucking nerdy. Well, great questions on your part, Aaron. Yeah, it really was. It's not easy. And I got to thank Ken Mills and BJ Kahuna for helping me out with some of them. That's some tough stuff. So, like for I've sure. said several times in this episode, if you're looking through, looking for three drunk dudes that love Kiss, arguing about bullshit, <laughs> and just straight up being nerds, you are just loving this episode. Yeah, have fun editing this, man. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be turning in that receipt. <laughs> I, had a, I had a great time. Thanks. Both of yeah, you. I love you guys, man. Yeah, this was, was a lot of fun. An honor to be on the show. A lot of laughs, man. Good stuff. And look for Aaron Camaro. Uh, by the time this is out, he's already going to be on our show. Nice. So for the, the Mad Season uh, episode. Talking about grunge rock. Can you believe that? Yeah, it's real. And it's coming up on on the uh, Whatever Nevermind version yeah, right of on. the Cobras and Fire. And we got Sinzak coming up, too. So he'll be down the road a little bit. Yeah. Nice. Thanks for coming back on, Baco. Oh, anytime, man. Come on. You guys are my boys.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.